0: Good afternoon and welcome to Mgo podcast.
1: Welcome to Mgo podcast 15.11. I guess you're white out of the Big 10 race Penn State. <laughs> nah. Good one. Blake Corum scores 24-9. And you think these guys aren't online? You guys don't think that they've, they've been us this whole week? <laughs> just constantly online being like, what, what is going on? What is going on? What does Blake Corum do? He taps his watch. Right. And then he holds up his, his hand <laughs> to listen to the crowd and says... Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. I'm not really hearing anything from you guys. Did you know that one was coming? (laughs) I didn't know that one was coming because I didn't know how online they were. But this is something that Manny Diaz did in, like, a hype thing where it's like, that's the sign for get loud. Hey, Manny Diaz, what's the sign for having your defensive ends have any sort of run responsibility? What's that sign? Oh, wait. You don't have one of those. Michigan runs on every single play that counts. For the last 36 minutes of this game, and still, and still, Chop Robinson is getting out of his rush <laughs> He's just flying. On um, first and ten. Well, This is what they do. This is who they are.
2: There was a, this is who we are. You remember that
1: quote? <laughs> we are. You remember that quote from one of the Thamel articles about, like, just knowing runner pass. Uh-huh. That's a huge difference. <laughs> well, guess what, Penn State.
3: It's not. It's not. I mean, and like you talk about the second half. The first half, it's not like they threw the ball all over the yard either. Nope. I mean, nope. they threw it well, three times. We'll have
2: our nice conversation about you know the when we get into the the incompletes of the game.
3: Can we? The should JJ we, should we just segment do, is going to be. Can you name all eight passes? <laughs> Well, (laughs) speaking of all eight passes. Can you name
1: all eight sponsors? Uh, I think we might have more than that. I I hope (laughs) you can. I've done more. more Thank you to Underground Printing for making this all possible. Check them out at UGPMichiganApparel.com or check out our selection of shirts on the com. We'd also like to thank our associate sponsors, Peak Wealth Management, Matt Demers, Realtor and Lender, Ann Arbor Elder Law, Michigan Law Grant, the Phil Klein Insurance Group, Human Element, Winewood Organics, Signal Wire, Sharon's Heating and Air Conditioning, the Autograph, Rewarding Fans App, and Venue by 4M, where, where we are live right now. Twelve, right now. Twelve. 12. So you're close. Yeah, close. I type a dozen. JJ was right. close. Michigan, 24. Penn State, 15. Kind of. What
3: do you mean, kind of? I mean, they got the 15,
1: but... Yeah, I mean, the last touchdown was just, like, a repeat of, like, the uh, Ohio State game from last year where Michigan was bleeding yards down the field. It was
3: also sort of maybe an interception, too. But.
1: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't. but It was, yeah, it was, no, it was clear? Yeah, it was
3: clear. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, 15. I take it back. All right. 24-15. I mean,
2: this is what happens to them every year. Every game this year, they give up, like, one touchdown that doesn't matter so the opponent can be like, ha-ha, I scored up on you. It wasn't all about <laughs> signs.
1: Uh Yeah, so we should talk about what happened on offense. (laughs) Carson Barnhart gets beat on, I think, three of the first four snaps for minus two pass pro events. Something like that. Mm -hmm. And then Michigan is like, all right, we're just not going to do that for the rest of the game.
3: So why wouldn't they have... I mean, they they went with the large package. Why wouldn't they have just put a guy in, left a tight end in, chip, done little things like that to where you could still use they're, a lot of your offense. They're flying up
2: field is what they're doing. And he's flying up field on the snap. And Michigan, like, they they were doing one clap in the go. And he was going... I mean, some of those well, plays, he's out of his stance before... Part, so, part and of it
1: sometimes they had a different... They had a silent snap count on sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes it was the clap, and sometimes it was the second clap or whatever. Mm-hmm. And whatever was going on, that guy had the snap dialed in. Yeah. And because
3: the second one was not chop robinson
1: no it was, uh, it, was it was 33 it was sutton. sutton sutton yeah but he's also a five-star edge guy who's i mean that's all they have yeah uh, they have like five of those guys and one of them plays linebacker but they're all fling yourselves up field guys and you know you bring samaj morgan in on a third down and it's <laughs> yeah. like all right we're going to have a blitz seven guys. And we're going to make it real <laughs> obvious we're going to blitz seven guys. And Samaj Morgan, the only thing that prevents that from being a touchdown is that Keegan doesn't get his head around and block Kalen King. Mm-hmm. But oh, And Samaj trips a little bit as he's as he's, yeah, he's kind of stumbling. Yeah, yeah. But that's because Keegan didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Anyway. Um, <clears throat> and that's like huge RPS play. The third and 11 touchdown mm-hmm. where Sharon's like, well, I know this defensive end is going to be way upfield. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna have Barnard shove him a little bit and then he'll climb and you get two free blockers. Yeah. Right. And a twenty two yard touchdown. Like <clears throat> Danny Diaz just couldn't help himself. He could not help himself. Like he like Like he couldn't say, You cannot rush upfield. Well, like Michigan was very close to getting another touchdown on the same stuff when uh Edwards burst out
3: on the really long eight-minute drive. Mm-hmm. Yes, where he gets the corner on third and 10 or third and 11. Yeah,
1: and then the, the corner is able to, to fall off and crack replace. But that's an
3: RPO. That That's a great play by the corner, too. Well, like, he's running in one the, direction.
1: But it's also an RPO. And if it's not an RPO, and if Johnson is cracking the safety, I think that's still a touchdown. Hmm. But the combination of the RPO and the fact that the uh, crack replace was excellent, even though there wasn't a crack is the only thing that prevents them from having that happen a third time to them. where, And that's all you need to win the game.
2: Yeah. I mean, that was the point. They, so because they're getting their guys upfield so much, Michigan puts all those guys in the – like. Michigan just looks like, we'll, we'll have more tight ends. We're yeah. just going to
3: stay in the line. Well, sort of like now, really old school Harbaugh. Well, yeah. And now <laughs> instead of – this is like U- Stanford t- level. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. This is what you did. And like when he first got here, you did the summer preview on all of that, right? Yeah. Like this is what Harbaugh, the Harbaugh offense is what you used to call it. And you're like, there, you'd have that that screen cap of like all the, like where well, there's like 11 well, there blockers were, there, or there,
1: whatever. There, there were like 15 tight ends. That, they did like a tight end and friends post. Yeah. yeah. Like four different types of tight ends <laughs> I listed. And we sort of moved away from that. But in this game, Michigan. I don't know if it was their most common package, but it was far more frequent than it had been at any point since the Stanford days. They brought in both Miles Hinton and uh, Trent A. A. Jones Mm -hmm. to go with Barner, and often it was Lovell, and sometimes it was Bredesen. So Mm -hmm. you have a four tight end set where two of the tight ends are actually offensive linemen. Mm -hmm. And that's the the 42-yard duo run where we finally get the bounce because they're so overplaying the interior that – you know their edge guy is just trying to close that gap down, and quorum sees that the edge is there, and he bounces it out and is like Kf-kf-kf. "See ya
2: yeah so well, so Hunter Reynolds, former Michigan safety, played at Utah State for a year afterwards, and he does a YouTube video when he talks about and he was on Twitter talking about it yesterday and he and he played in this exact defense at Utah State, so he's like, "This is hell on safeties because they can just keep expanding the line on you and then Eventually, they turn you into a linebacker, and you yeah. cannot play linebacker like that. Yeah. And who's the guy on the edge there? He's a 212-pound—they he's a call him a linebacker on there, but he's, he's, he's a hybrid, right? He's supposed to hes basically a safety. He's 212 pounds. And that guy, when you got him going up against Barner, he's going to lose that block, and that's your key block. That's, what, that's the block that would normally be a defensive end in a normal defense if you're not expanding the line all the way out there. Right.
3: And and you said earlier in the year that Penn State is sort of built to stop Ohio State, like their defense, right? Yeah, not necessarily Michigan.
1: No, that's that's what they've designed themselves to do. Is to and then they did a great job against Ohio State. And if they didn't have one really badly timed holding penalty, yeah, mm-hmm. like they're outscoring the Ohio State offense in that game, or at least uh, like on par with it. So, <clears throat> you know. I was a little frustrated at points during the second half because I wanted them to mix in a little bit more passive. <laughs> more, more than one attempt that didn't I, count? I mean, at that
2: point, it was just making a point. It was just like, we are running. And they ran again. And then they're going, we are running. And they won a top 10 game yeah. on the road. Oh, no, don't don't get me wrong. I mean, The this vibes is... are immaculate. <laughs> I got know. to do my little intro. Yeah. It was wonderful. Yeah, and so I... And I was feeling the vibes. I was like, okay, we could... And they did one play-action pass, and we'll get to that one. But, like, like, that was the point. That was the point. They're saying, look, we're just going to keep on going heavier, and eventually one of your guys is going to screw up. And every time they screwed up, boom. We got a 40-yard run. We got a couple touchdown runs. We got another one that would have been a touchdown. Like, it was...
1: This is what they came to do. This was the game plan. Well, I mean, it's part of the game plan, but I think you had to lead into it after the Barnhart issues in the first right. few snaps. And <clears throat> what did I say in the game preview? Is like the passing game key was JJ versus Bowling Green, right? Because mm-hmm. the only way Michigan was going to lose this game was to turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. And after the first few pass protection snaps, it's really easy to. Envision a strip sack. Yeah. Now we we did gather our
3: fumble and we gathered their fumble. So the yeah. fumble
2: luck was on our side this time.
1: Ball and a lie, baby.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> so Brian, for years you've always said you have to play the type of game that you're in. Yeah. Where and that was sort of your critique of you know, Michigan's tight end fullback offense was you you have to score more points, you have to go faster, you have to be more explosive, blah, blah, blah. And or quarterback run game, all that stuff. But in this sort of a game, which was, as you would probably call, a 1950s-style yeah. football game, like running and punting to a degree, is steal from our Iowa fans, mm-hmm. punting is winning because is Drew Aller going to be able to drive them down the field consistently? Probably not. Are they going to get a big chunk run from like a running back? No, and we have Kenneth Grant to <laughs> meet that. So, like... You have to play so that you don't give up a really, really bad game-turning play, right? And so then if you run and you're like, okay, it's third and three, and they're keying on, they're, they're just flying upfield all the time, we can try to run it, maybe Cormer Edwards slips and gets the first down, and if he gets short, okay, fine, we'll punt it, make them go 70 yards. Like, that's the kind of game, the 2006 game was very much like that. Mm-hmm. I just remember that game being going back and forth, and Penn State would get the ball, and they were only down like seven or ten, but I was like... They're not driving and scoring. They're not, like, going to take the lead in this game. They can't move the ball at all. And that's sort of what this felt like. And so the strategy in this game, not Maryland, Ohio State going forward, but in this game feels defensible.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm not, like, critiquing. I'm just expressing the fact that, like, during the game, I was hopeful that they would be able to get some play action going and then actually hit uh, something downfield.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And to kind of, like, just close the door.
2: So should we do the J.J. McCarthy incompletion segment? <laughs> uh, Cause sure. that's a, because that's a... It's a short one. The, yeah, well, right, so they get the pass interference. And yeah. they get it... Be, and
1: I think it... Um, that doesn't count as an incompletion.
4: A yeah. No.
2: Okay, so no completions
3: then. No, no there, th- there was one. There was one. Oh, the... Come on, guys. I do not remember. You don't that. remember it? No. It was very early in the first quarter. And it was a little, like, in-out... Half cross route oh, to Loveland.
2: He, 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 yeah, on, like line of scrimmage. He's, he's getting. He's, he's in the process of getting sacked. Oh and yeah, he throws yeah, okay. it in and it gets batted that's, down. That's oh yeah, that's right. That's what happened. Yeah, right. that was like yeah.
1: the third Barnhart offense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, where he should just eat the sack, but decides yeah. to get rid of it. But
2: anyway, Clatt said that he should have hit Loveland on the uh, on the drag below it, and I not so- on this play. No, I'm on the one that they call the pass interference. interference yes, Loveland's open. on the on Loveland's the... open, but I disagree. He's got that cornerback turned around, and now, and he's got his tight end. On a, on
1: a. I mean, that's a pass you throw. No, I, I think that he, Klatt's right. Yeah. yeah? Yeah. I mean, he had him by two steps. Because if, if King gets his head around, that's an interceptable ball. Okay. Like, and, and I know King's not been a particularly good cornerback this year, but I'm not – like, he's right. You throw it to the open guy. Yeah.
3: Well, and if you look at where Loveland was on the field – he gets to basically the 43-ish, which is where the DPI was anyway.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, All right. Well, fair enough. Yeah, that was, that was the only... I mean, we could actually do, like, the McCarthy completions game.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, some of them, I mean, some of them were simple, quote-unquote, throws, but, like, the first one, right? Like, yeah. he couldn't believe he gets that out. Like, that was my note, was, like, how did he get that out? Yeah. And Because he, he throws it to Barner on a hitch over the middle, gets 10 yards. And like the th- ones where they roll them out and throw him to the sideline for CJ, he had a couple of those, and those are like you got a guy just like tearing into the backfield too.
1: Yeah, but you're able to take advantage of that aggression to to get outside the pocket, shorten that throw, mm-hmm. get some get some movement. Now we do have to talk about Barnhart as regards the Ohio State game. Uh huh. And I don't think that it's going to be as big of an issue as you might think, given the way this game went. Okay. Because one, it's a home game; it's not a road game. Mm-hmm. So Michigan will not have to be battling snap counts. They won't have a lot of cl- they won't have plays that go down to the end of the clock nearly as often. Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> they'll still have some. They'll still have some, but <laughs> especially with Harbaugh out in this game, there was a lot more confusion, a lot more timeouts that you had to take, and that's part Harbaugh, that's part Beaver Stadium. That's why road games are worth three and a half points, right? right.
3: Like, especially this one. Especially I mean, this plan. is this is probably. Like I was there yesterday, and and I've been there a few times, and that's probably the best environment, probably.
1: And then the other reason is is that the rushers that Ohio State have are guys that Barnhart has already gone up against, mm-hmm. and they aren't the kind of just raw edge speed guys that Penn State has. No, they're they're Mike Morris's, which is they're, good. They're speed to power yeah. type guys. They can beat you around the edge on occasion, but it's not going to be teleporting into the backfield like this. Mm -hmm. So I think Barnhart's going to need some help because I do think both those guys are improved from last year when they were very mid. But I'm not concerned that Michigan isn't going to be able to drop back and pass against Ohio State for half a football game. Yeah,
2: well, this is the best defense in the country for a reason. and. That reason is because those guys make it very hard to
1: pass on them. I thought the answer was going to be it plays in the Big Ten West. <laughs> and that. Hey. it's good.
2: Uh, yeah, but they, and that's why they go upfield. They don't,
1: this defense does not actually care about being in your lane, as we saw. We, I mean, we <laughs> talked about this on, on our previous podcast yeah. is that historically Manny Diaz defenses are not gap sound. Right, right. And, and you think on purpose? Yes. No, yes. I mean, they're not. That, that, I
2: mean, no, that is. Because the idea is you get in the backfield, you get past somebody, and then you can make a play I don't back think there.
1: It's, nobody calls a defense that's not gaps out, right? Yeah. No, There's no defense that gets called in football that is just like, okay, we're not going to check the B gap here. That doesn't happen. But what does happen at Penn State is that upfield penetration and getting after the quarterback is prioritized above everything else. Yeah. So if you are the kind of unusual team that Michigan is, and you can put out a four tight end package where everybody in that package can block really well, it starts stressing them out.
3: Yeah. I was going to say, is there another team in college football that has four tight ends that they can even play? Air Force, maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and those guys are yeah. all tiny. Well, yeah. all
2: right, so you look at the, the third and three sack, right? And that's another one of the Barnhart plays. And that's another play where he's just, I think it was Chop Robinson on that one. Doesn't matter. Yeah, he's off the snap in a heartbeat, and he, and Barnhart's not even out of his stance yet. So you lose that block. Normally, you could step up, but you can't step up because they're also stunting all the time. So they've got a guy stunting through, and he,
1: you know, so you, there's I only mean, a
2: three-man rush.
1: I, to me, it's a lot of it is the home road issues, because we've seen Michigan be very good about using that clap to get guys to jump, checking to the sideline. They, they get that freeze play, and then there's an uncertainty there mm-hmm. about when the snap is actually going to come that just was not present for this game.
3: They were also slow, like getting everything in and set. Yeah, I mean, that's, and you do don't you, have your do head you think, coach. Do you think that is and like a hardball issue?
1: It's a hardball issue, and then also like changing your play is so much more time intensive because there's one play in the second half where JJ is individually telling every offensive lineman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so instead of just being like Omaha or whatever, you, have, you have, it just, it's just arduous. To actually get that done. Yeah. And so the circumstances be, why sign
2: stealing doesn't matter that much. <laughs> like
1: well, and both guess what both teams used in this game?
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: A wristband. Yeah.
2: Although Penn State still had their signs on the side. There was one point where JJ's running out of bounds, crashes into the sign guy, and I'm like, Oh, please take it, please take it from me. Just <laughs> <get off laughs> <this laughs> grab <ground, back> just <laughs> grab the sign and be like, this is mine
1: now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and, like, look at it as you run away.
1: <laughs> well, Barron got a shot of uh, Mike Barrett trying to tackle Aller. And uh-huh. It looks like he's looking at the uh, the sign sheet. Yeah. Ba-
3: at Barrett is? Bear is like, at trying it to is. look yeah. at
1: mem- photographic memory. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> we, got a, we got a beautiful mind out there. <laughs> Just for this purpose. He can't play football, but, man, he can memorize it. We got him into the backfield. Go! Yeah. Download it. <laughs> Yeah, so back to the Diaz defenses not being gap sound like and they don't have any discipline in mm-hmm. term not in terms of, of the actual players on the field, although that is a problem. I mean as a play caller. Yeah. He has no discipline whatsoever. Every third down it's like, okay, we're gonna send six guys across the line of scrimmage. And it's and I mean honestly, Sharon Moore just clowned him. hmm. Clowned him.
2: While while being the offensive line coach and the head coach. <laughs>
3: it it feels like This is just a, well, this is who we are. So we're going to be who we are.
1: Yeah, I guess. And if they ever want to beat Michigan, they're going to have to actually think about having their defensive ends care about the run game.
3: But, I mean, that's a point, is they don't really beat Michigan. They don't really beat Ohio State. No, they don't. And, I mean, it took a block field goal to beat Ohio State. It took either a COVID year or a touchdown drop or Saquon Barkley to beat Michigan. The COVID year doesn't count. Well, I agree with that, but I'm trying to, like – go with the universal stats i mean that's what it took for james franklin
1: yeah and it doesn't look like there's any help coming well i mean they they can get all the five-star defensive ends in the world but they got that offensive line and they got that quarterback they've been the same team the entire time he's been here and like at what point do you just resign yourself to the fact that this is every
3: james franklin offensive line but i mean single one haven't we just kind of said that yeah I mean... We did, but... I'm, I'm Oh, well, they have good running backs, but they can't block. <laughs> oh, well, Clifford can run around, but they can't block. Oh, they have a couple good receivers, but they can't block. I mean, it's the same thing.
1: Yeah, it is. Hmm.
2: Our snaps were a little bit... of an, The snap count was a bit of an issue for Michigan, too. They, they went to the silent one yeah. later, and Nugent didn't get it in. We
1: got a um, false start on that one. I think Zinter had another false start. Well, there like, were a number of plays where it's clear that different players had different counts. Yeah. Because hmm. there were snaps where the offensive line went... There was mm-hmm. that one, yeah. yeah. Where and so it's just a tough road environment. You don't, you're not operating in the way that you usually operate because of the suspension. Mm-hmm. And to to get through all that and to get through all that by literally running. <laughs> I mean, they did call two passes in the second half.
3: Yeah, they did, and on probably one of the biggest play, arguably of the second half at the yeah. time.
1: Right. Well, and and the other thing is they got the third and ten before Michigan has put a single point up on the board Mm -hmm. and they run a crack sweep with JJ McCarthy as the ball carrier and that converts. And then immediately after that is the first explosive from, from Edwards, from Edwards. Yeah. And then that gets them to the 20. They end up in a third down again. And then that's the Samaj Morgan tunnel screen. And then from there it's academic because Penn state is like, oh, no, we only got 11 guys on the field. <laughs> run another guy on there. And I'm like. that's That was the first I mean, time is- Sharon Moore swore it, on it-
2: Fox. Bo- on, on, uh- and they
3: still got three yards on that from the six. <laughs> I know. And he was a defensive lineman. It's not like he ran into playing safety. I mean, isn't that everything in this game is like mm-hmm. Penn State's
1: being like, oh, no, we only got 11 guys. <laughs> That's not enough guys because the number of gaps is too many gaps. We can't, we can't <laughs> rush up field when we only have 11
3: guys. Uh-uh. So, Do we want to talk anything about the JJ run game?
1: Well, I honestly, I thought sh- there should have been more of it. Like yeah. the first the first Edwards uh, jet sweep. Bash. Really, it's that, the play is called Bash. Well, it's not. <laughs> That's not Bash to you? That's not Bash because the, they're – well
2: – I, I, that's, I use that as bash, and then I inverted Veer as the other version well, that we used to run. anyway. Yeah. That weight. And then power read is when you run on the front no, side. No,
1: I think you're right. That was bash, yeah. because they were blocking the other way. Mm-hmm. So, the, yeah, the first bash, Penn State's all over it, and I, I, was, like, I was like devastated that DJ <laughs> McCarthy did not have the ball. Yeah. Because that was so open. Do you think it was a read? No, I don't think yeah. that's a read. Yeah. Because who are you reading? At, well, well that's, it would have go. been a midline read if they did or I mean, like a frontside read. Or, but, like, you're reading, you're reading the middle linebacker, maybe, yeah. and if he, he goes. But I, those aren't reads, usually. Yeah. M- Michigan doesn't have time to make a decision.
2: M- Michigan has non-read reads. Like, they'll look at you and, like, they already have the play yeah. call in.
1: <laughs> they do that. Um, yeah. That's kind of funny. But then they go back to that later, and that's a, a key play because it turns, like, a second
3: and eight into a third and one, I believe. Mm-hmm. And when he, cut, uh, when he runs up the middle, yeah
1: yeah, and they have they had the one keeper that gets him inside the 10 on their second touchdown drive.
3: where goes the, the sideline
1: Right And so you know kind of my metric for this is if your quarterback doesn't get tackled in the backfield for reasons that he cannot escape, you haven't run your quarterback enough, especially in this kind of game. The one TFL he did take was his fault. Yeah, yeah, he's supposed to follow sack. Barnhart. Well, yeah, as soon as Barnhart goes up inside, you oh. gotta follow.
3: Barnhart. Yeah, wasn't that was was that a, that was first down, I believe. It, around was, midfield. it was when they were trying to run the clock out. Yeah, in, it was in the, the fourth, fourth quarter. quarter around midfield. Was it? It was either if it was third down, then it was kind of like a no. Like it I'd was not up. third. Okay, down. so no, th- it that was, was the first down play. It was first down play. Okay. I think
2: it was a first down play after the pass interference and. All he's going to do is follow. I mean, that's your lead blocker. The player yeah. is called, He's called the lead blocker on those plays, I and mean, you just follow Barnhart. And, and
1: Barnhart makes a great read because the guy is set up outside of Loveland, mm-hmm. and there's actually a linebacker already committed to the outside, so if he cuts up, that's at least a decent chunk, I'm saying, probably eight,
3: mm-hmm.
1: maybe more. Then you're
3: basically in uh, long field goal range. Yeah, and
1: then it's ball game, basically.
3: Well, and then on top of it, one of the two pass plays called also becomes a run yeah. because – You know, it's the the play action, the rollout scramble. And, like, did you like that they threw there? Because, like, that's going to be something. I mean, this is, you know, maybe more the third segment. But, like, you know, that's stuff that Craig yells about. He's like, on fourth and one, just go play action every time. And I think he does have a point a lot of times. And, you know, we've talked about how Michigan runs dive a lot there. And you need to kind of have a counter to that. Like, you say, okay, we'll pull a guy or something. But you can also run play action. so did you mind it? Well,
2: so Michigan already ran um, the the counter that they have to dive is belly. They ran yeah. belly, and the linebacker I thought just made a really good play to kind of get his shoulder in there after getting nudged out of there. And I
1: mean, I th- I just thought that that was a bad block by Bredesen. Yeah, like he's just kind of giving the guy a shoulder. Yeah, and if he actually like turns and blocks the guy, then it's an easy conversion. I
2: I I agree. I think he was trying to crack it open. So this like is... when you're get when you get that play, so you're what... trying to. <sighs> Kiss, you get them all crashing on dive, and then you try to wash them down, yeah, and what, you can get that block. What he's
1: hoping is that that guy is going to go upfield to check JJ. Right. And, <laughs> but it's yeah, it, it's short yardage, so I feel like just just block the guy and then convert. Yeah.
3: I, yeah. Yes and no. I think it was a shoot your shot. So one. do you like the play-action call then? is that That's the counter to the counter then?
1: I mean, you know, when you have a guy like McCarthy who can bail you out right. in that circle, like if I have... Drew Aller, or no.
3: Well, because it feels like I mean, you know, Craig and I were having this discussion probably even a couple of years ago after watching a Bills Chiefs playoff game where there were like two punts in the whole game, and we were like, I was like, you know what, you're gonna hate this, but there's almost not enough punting in football, and he just kind of looked at me and and he goes, what are you talking about? I was like, because when you get in a fourth and two, a fourth and one, three, something like that, and you have a Josh Allen or a Patrick Mahomes or in this case a JJ McCarthy. Like, those pickups on fourth down are almost too easy because you can put them in those situations where they're rolling out and all of a sudden they have the athleticism, or in Josh Allen's case, the power to run over a linebacker for two yards or to just McCarthy to beat a guy to the edge or to stop on a dime when the defender can't. And so when you have that, like... Well, the thing about that play is that Kalen
1: King doesn't know that the guy in the flat is already covered. Mm -hmm. Like, if he was... If he was a little bit more aware, he could have attacked McCarthy right away. Yeah. yeah, and then there's some chance that you know McCarthy still was able to avoid that
3: tackle and convert. But but he still makes the guy miss out way out there, yeah. and he was running out of space because I remember we were sitting in the end zone, so you could see him, and you're like, he's getting really close to the sideline. McCarthy line.
2: waited too long to put his foot in the ground. Yeah,
3: yeah. I, I like. This was me being run, 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 run. Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. <laughs> and
2: then, like, four seconds later, he was like, all right. All right. All right. Yeah. yeah, but Penn State was selling out on the, on the coverage. And, they yeah, they double-covered Quorum out of the backfield, which was what the play was. The play was going to be like, just toss just it a, out to Corum. Yeah. And McCarthy is, like, sitting there and watching forever, probably because he feels he knows he can still put his foot
1: in the ground at any point. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I kind of felt like I wanted him to make that decision earlier. Because if it makes it yeah. earlier... Then the guys are farther away from him, right? Because yeah. like, it felt yeah. like King had, had finally decided that he needs to go get McCarthy, and he starts that process. Mm-hmm. And so it takes that change of direction from McCarthy, and there's like, that moment there where you're like, ugh. Right. And I think if he does that earlier, that moment does not exist,
3: and it's just mm. clearly going to be a change. Because he changes the angle. Yeah. 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 But that's, I mean, that's sort of my point, going back to what I was saying earlier about it, is like, when you have a guy that can do that, that's the, that's the game-changer. Like, that's what takes those, you know, do you kick a field goal, do you go for it, to a go for it's almost all the time. And it's not, that's where it becomes less of an analytics play, where it's like, well, what do the numbers say to, well, we have this guy, and no one else really has this guy, so we're going to use this guy, and he can do that. Yeah, I'm at the point where I would literally never recruit a Drew Aller. (laughs) Well, I would, I would probably not recruit like, Drew Alley either. I, I no, no, be, no. I mean, yeah, I know. Five-star
1: pocket pass. I would not recruit Ryan Mallett. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like, I, I, well, for I, other reasons, too. But anybody who can't get out of the pocket and do something is not a modern quarterback.
3: No, I mean, you look at all the teams that are successful in the NFL, and all of them have quarterbacks that can at least move. Except Jared Goff. Well, that's a different question. But my point is that, like, this is what you have to do now. This is what, like you said, this is football now. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So, do we have any more points that we want to get across here? Blake Corum looked
3: like Blake Corum.
1: Yeah, I mean, I did note like when he got the edge on the bounce out, mm-hmm. nobody was catching him.
3: Yeah, no, it took the backside triangle to get him.
1: Yeah, it was it was the pursuit angle from the
2: safety, yeah, and end. it was a big bounce. It was like that sprung, and he did yeah. that a couple times in the lane as well, where like Blake Corum
3: is getting you yards that. Somebody else's. I think he, he's going to have like a plus eight, minus two in the. He game danced record. a little bit too inside mm-hmm. and made guys miss, and he also then powered through guys like the old churning Blake Horam from last year that we weren't sure was there. Well, then he comes up for the post game interview and he's bleeding <laughs> <Looks> <laughs> like out a, from his head. Looks like a fullback with like the nose.
2: <laughs> oh, bridge. that photo is so cool.
1: <laughs> someone, someone put like a parental advisory, explicit lyrics, like. <laughs> Box on it. Yeah. Said if, you know, if this was 1997, you saw this album cover, you would just buy it. No questions asked. (laughs) Especially when they made it like grainy
3: black and white. Oh, it's so cool. It's so cool. And like Edwards. So that was the other thing I want to talk about is like, okay, so he gets, uh, I think it was because he gets tackled. So he gets those two explosive runs, right? And the second one's for the touchdown. The first one is he gets in space and he's so late to the cutback, that the safety comes up and gets hidden behind the umpire. So if he sees that hole, because when you're rewatching it, the hole is there, but he's still like trying to like run at the offensive lineman, mm-hmm. and the safety's still backing out, and then he sees, oh, it's definitely a run. So the safety comes running up, and then Edwards is like, oh, look, the hole's over here, and runs over and hits it because it's massive. And by that point, the safety had come up and gotten tucked behind the umpire, and so the umpire gets like a free block on him. So if he well, but my point is, is if he hits the hole earlier, it's probably not as good of a run.
1: Well, you know, I mean, if you can, if you can gear down and then explode, that's always mm-hmm. the best kind of run. And he was doing that very frequently last year, and just hasn't had that ability. So
3: well, and at the yeah. end of the day, I mean, Quorum averages five point six a carry, Edwards is five point two a carry, even McCarthy's four point three a carry. That probably includes a sack.
1: Yeah, to you, and you did that. With no threat of a passing, <laughs> by telling the other side, "We are running again, guys. Does We're this, running." Does this
3: make up for all your whining here? Here's your
1: sign. Here's your sign. Oh, oh god, they should have. They should have done that. <laughs> they should have just held up a big board and said, "Run, <laughs> run."
5: <laughs> oh
1: god, they need. Okay, they need. To, <laughs> They need to hire, like, you know how, like, they have, like, the sign ceiling guy, technically a recruiting analyst? Uh-huh. They need uh, an equivalent recruiting analyst who's just, like, the shit poster for the team.
3: Yes. <laughs> like, team shit poster? Yes. <laughs>
1: I mean, isn't that what, like, Twitter handles
3: are now? No,
1: but, like, but you, I you mean, got to get, like, the most annoying guy. Scott Bell. Yeah. <laughs> do it. Hire Scott Bell as the team <laughs> shit poster. Yeah. I mean, well, they have like, so
2: Aaron Bills is like in charge of like putting out the artwork and the stuff yeah. Like, yeah. graphics. And stuff. he is way too nice of a dude.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, we need we need a guy who's like, all right. So does it have to yeah. be a guy who's actually in the program, or do you just hire him like sort no, of freelance no. as like a hey, he, he this goes, is what you need to do? He You're goes sort within of-
1: the program and he thinks of like how can we be even more annoying? Yeah, how can how can we amp this up? And uh, I guarantee you, if Scott Bell was in the program, Michigan would have been holding up <laughs> and run in the second half. Maybe
3: that's what bet means. I don't think so. <laughs> but uh, no, I are you um are you bummed that? Roman Wilson didn't get a target.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I, I was, like, hoping that at some point they would run play action and pop him loose. For- just
3: at least, like, get him a, one of those crossing routes or one of the behind the line. Like, those fourth down routes, right? Like, where they run behind. And so you're, you get him in man and then you just win the race across the field. Yeah,
1: I call those white cross routes. Is that what it is? Well, some the people call them deep overs, too. But I, I always go with, mm-hmm. like... My memories of the NCAA football playbook. Yeah, that's, I, <laughs> and, I've noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the lingua franca yeah. of football. Yeah. So
2: like that, and everyone uses Saban because everyone got Saban's playbook, yeah. and everyone
1: uses Saban's term for defense. But so the, in in NCAA football, that's a White cross. Okay.
3: I think that's the end of the segment.
1: All right, we're gonna stop, take a break, come back, talk about the defense. <laughs>
2: Want the perfect game day outfit? Underground Printing has unique, great-fitting U of M apparel and officially licensed apparel from legendary Michigan names like Woodson, Howard, Eufer, and more. UGP also specializes in custom printed apparel and promotional items for groups, events, and businesses. Whether you need one shirt as a gift or 1,000 shirts for a charity walk, Underground can customize almost anything for groups large or small. To learn more, visit Underground Printing in one of our three convenient locations around Ann Arbor or online at undergroundshirts.com. It's painless. It's online. It's group ordering made easy for your next custom printed apparel order. Pogo from Underground Printing will save you time and hassle. Whether you're selling shirts for a fundraiser, organizing a large event, trying to collect sizes and payments for a family union, or, you know, ordering a whole bunch of shirts with your Kickstarter, Underground Printing is here to help save time and hassle every step of the way with their easy-to-use site. No more guessing what to order, chasing people down to pay, wasting time trying to sort out the order. They'll set it up. You can just sit back and relax. They'll even take care of individual shipping. To learn more about Pogo, visit them at any of their convenient locations or or at pogo.undergroundshirt.com.
6: Hey, it's Nick Hopwood, Certified Financial Planner, Founder and President at Peak Wealth Management. Check us out at peakwm.com mgoblog. When you're watching the game, everyone knows what the score is. But you might be at halftime of your career. Do you know what the score is? Are you winning? Or do you need to play catch-up? If you're behind in the second half of your career financially, we may need to run a hurry-up offense like John Navarre in the 2003 game at Minnesota, or run a three-quarter court press after a made free throw like Coach Howard likes to call. My team of CFPs at Peak Wealth Management are here to help you understand what the score is and what you need to do to win. Your spreadsheet doesn't tell you the score like we can. If you're going to spend all your free time watching replays of the 2021-2022 Ohio State Games on repeat, you need to outsource your financial planning and investing with us at peakwm.com. At Peak, our goal is to help you retire with Peak Confidence. The
3: only thing we can be sure of about the future is that it will be absolutely fantastic. I'm thinking of the incredible breakthrough made possible by developments in communications.
7: Arthur C. Clarke's 1964 vision is now reality with SignalWire, a cloud platform that enables developers to build the applications that will reshape the future of communications.
3: These things will make possible a world in which we can be in instant contact with each other, wherever we may be.
7: You can add cutting-edge, real-time video and audio to any product, website or application with APIs and SDKs for developers of all skill sets. SignalWire is optimized for high quality and low latency communication functionality, for video voice and text messaging capabilities.
3: Almost any skill could be made independent of distance. Men will no longer commute. They will communicate.
7: See for yourself at SignalWire.com Use code 2021 and receive $25 in developer credit. Go to SignalWire.com
3: SignalWire Communications OGs Original geeks of programmable communication case
1: Thanksgiving is coming up, and if you can't cook, or you just don't want to cook, you know what you can do? You can come to Venue, and Chef Thad will cater your Thanksgiving. It is not fair.
2: I, like, I've been making my Thanksgiving stuff for years, and Thad's just going to come in and, like, just... Oh. Can
1: I pretend that like, so, Thad, I made what Thad made? They are now offering holiday-inspired heat-and-serve meals to go, and if I know Chef Thad, they will be completely excellent. Hit up the Venue website to learn more. Also, you might be able to hear the smooth jazz in the background. There's jazz brunches here. If that's your kind of jam, then venue's your kind of place.
3: So we usually play the J.J. McCarthy incompletion game. Should we play the Drew Aller completion game?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So he got the touchdown to the tight end late when Colson covered grass. Uh There was one more completion to the tight end for a first down.
3: That was so. That was that was his first pass. Yeah. That was his. So you've named his first yeah, and his that, last. pass. That
1: one he just I mean, that was just a
2: good time. He he's clean in the pocket. He sees the guy cross page and throws it. There was like, a, a
1: screen on second and one that lost the yard. That, that Rod Moore makes
3: a great play. Well, mm. so
1: Michigan tips that they're blitzing off the corner. Penn State checks into that. Yeah, and then Aller. I mean, part of that is Aller has a bad throw. It's it's high. It stops the receiver. And it gives more time to close. And then after that, they get booted off the field after having a second and one. Yeah.
2: Uh, right before that was the fourth and sixth, which was also a bad throw. That was a terrible throw. Yeah. But, I mean, they just, they set that up. When I, when you go back and watch the um, the amount of time that Penn State has, they get set up. They get to the line. Michigan tips what they're running again. Michigan's running way too much man blitzes on down. Well, I mean, still,
1: if Saint still was in contact, like, yeah. even in – not great position.
3: Yeah, he's
1: at least pb pbuing. Yeah, it, that was it's so weird. To it was pass. it was a really good
3: route. Like if you watch it from behind, it was like, the guy route. makes a really nice. But it but, like was, it's weird to see that from Saner still. The though. amount he's of context, like
1: the, the still could have been a step or two behind, mm-hmm. and and then he picks it off. Probably. <laughs> yeah, but he's three or four behind. So like even that is not a good throw.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not. We're we're not judging Aller though. I'm talking about like that was a.
3: That was a minus two so in my coverage. We, we've got... That's four of them. There's, what, four or five more? Yeah, I mean, I don't remember all of them. I just... That was a joke, but it's funny that we could get to this point yeah. of them. I, I'm, I'm struggling to remember anymore. I mean, he did not throw anything
2: downfield. No, he threw one... It didn't. It wasn't a completion. He threw yeah, down, he went know, down one the sideline
1: like 10 yards 11. over the guy's head. Yeah, yeah. Josh Wallace just escorted the wide receiver out yeah. of bounds.
3: Well, I mean, here, here are their receiving stats. Two for 25, one for 13, two for 11, two for 10. One for six, one for six, one for four. That's Drew Aller. And one for minus one. Done. 70 yards. I mean. 3.2. The guy is just. Hey, but he doesn't throw interceptions. <laughs> I, I'm going to take my shot at Penn State fans
2: right now. Uh-oh. They wanted Sean Clifford gone last year. Yeah. They were ready to move on to their five-star quarterback. And I kept on saying, I said it this, this year's preview, I said last year's preview, I've been saying it again and again, Sean Clifford was making that offense happen. And now that he's gone, congratulations, you
3: got what you wanted. So the only response that I have to that, because I don't disagree with that, but is Sean Clifford wasn't exactly tearing up Michigan and Ohio State. So... If you see, I mean, he was fine, but not his fault. Maybe not. But my point is, is that they look at JJ, they look at you know Justin Fields or CJ Stroud, and you're like, if we're gonna win this game, I mean, that's the Michigan thing, right? Is against Ohio State is like, man, if we had a quarterback that could even hold a candle to yours, what what does what do all those
2: guys, including Cade McNamara, who won a Big Ten well, championship by the way, yeah. have? That none of these Penn State quarterbacks have. I'm going to go an with a functional line. offensive line. Thank you. Line. <laughs> Thank you.
3: <laughs> so you think uh, if you give Sean Clifford a functional offensive line, he is yeah,
1: he's he's
2: probably he, got he, a winning against win. Ohio State
3: at least. He's, yeah,
1: he's in the NFL, isn't he? He's a. Yeah,
2: is he? I think a, he's a backup. for he's a, he's a the backup. Packers, but, maybe. But the problem is when you don't have an offensive line for That's four true. years, you don't get comfortable, you don't get a rhythm, and you don't develop. But isn't, know, isn't that like? Her cousins is a quarterback in the NFL because he got to sit behind a nice offensive line and develop
3: very slowly. Yeah, that's true. But isn't this sort of like football fan, radio fans' take though? Is like we need a different quarterback because we don't know what offensive line. And that's play the thing. Is.
2: Penn State is the most radio fan fan base out there.
3: Whoa, whoa, no, no. But you want
2: you want to go with Ohio State? Yes, they are so below radio fan. <laughs> You walked, I would take. You I would take right every into that every one, single caller on he was, the radio no, on ninety seven one. Hanging the is, cheese in no front of is you is better no than your average Ohio State
3: fan. No, that's, that's not even my hot take. That is a fact. I don't even know enough of these fans. You
2: are you are not being fair to radio callers because they are so much smarter. <laughs>
3: There's the tagline Than the, for the Ohio Post. State
1: fans. <laughs> you
3: are not being fair to radio callers.
1: <laughs> Steve from Cleveland,
2: you're off the hook. <laughs> Good God. All right. Uh, uh, but, but, I mean, every, fan, every, every um, building is filled with fans who are, like, the worst refs for their team. Right? Every, every stadium. Okay. everyone's yeah. gonna. But Penn State fans are a little extra. And I'm not
1: saying a little okay. extra. They're, like, next to Wisconsin as far as extra. Well, so, so they deserve James Franklin? I think a lot of fan bases would be like, okay, let's put in the five-star quarterback and make things happen. Because that's what happened at Michigan last year. The difference is that Michigan's five-star quarterback still has both legs, but that (sighs) well doesn't. But that around in one of those like that was scooters you have to use in the uh, grocery store. (laughs) And he ninety. And you know what else
2: Michigan's five-star quarterback is
3: accurate. But that so okay. But what you were saying is not applicable to McCarthy because we saw him play. What you're saying is applicable to Shea Patterson because Shea Patterson was the five-star quarterback that we're like, hey, we got everything else. We just need. A, a trigger puller and so they go and they get Shea Patterson he comes in you're just like oh he, he McCarthy he, you he watched play on, he just wouldn't you <laughs> well I mean he had other issues too but yeah. like you, McCarthy you saw and you're like this guy he's got a ceiling or yeah. I should say he does not have a ceiling but anyway well yeah so in any case Drew Aller
1: may on some other planet in some other decade be a good quarterback but he's not right now and I think it's fairly fitting that his final incompletion of this game was fourth and 6. Mm-hmm. And he throws it over the middle of the field and that should have also been intentional. Yes. <laughs> I have I don't know if I've ever seen a guy throw a ball between the hashes. That
5: is intentional <laughs> grounding.
3: Well, I I mean, I thought the same thing. I'm sure the refs thought this too, but like is like that ball had to have been tipped, which it was not. But when you saw it, you were like, oh, that must have been tipped. Like, there's no way that no, there's I, no one there. I, no,
2: he's he's just under pressure, and he's like, I guess someone's around here somewhere. <laughs> there's I don't usually know the guys between the hashes. <laughs> I, I don't know what my play call is, but I expect somebody is running a route into this general direction because there usually I mean, is.
1: just the most dispiriting kind of quarterback performance because occasionally he would show you that he does have some arm talent, mm-hmm. and then he would throw things way behind receivers even on the rare occasions that he was able to get set in the pocket. And when he got any pressure, it was just a disaster from the start.
2: Yeah. Well he cannot throw off platform at all. No. You and we mentioned this in the preview that he was like a seventy eight percent passer. Seventy. Seventy percent passer when he's when his feet are set and he's clean. And thirty eight. Yeah. When when he gets to any when he's not set or he has any kind of pressure. Like that's what Drew Aller is, and so
1: that's what a lot of this game was. I was frustrated with the way Michigan was calling this game for chunks of the first half because they were playing with they were playing their Ohio State defense. Yeah, right. Yeah. Two deep safeties. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to be minus one in the box, or we're going to have they're going to have a hat for a hat in the box, and we're just not going to let you get anything cheap because. Michigan also doesn't take Penn State
3: seriously. Not their offense. <laughs> I mean, I, that might have I been, mean they rotated safeties well, the mean, whole game. Cam Good might have led Michigan in snap count. Yeah, I mean, I look, was losing look, my
2: mind. Look at Penn State. because Penn State kept on getting five yard runs on first down. And when you look at yeah. those, the offensive lineman is stepping around, and then like. Their running back maybe like beats or wins a tackle, and when he doesn't, he gets swallowed by Rayshon Benny in the backfield, and it's yep. a loss. And when he does, then he can like get five yards because you have a lineman
3: already releasing on the on the linebacker. Well, yeah, I mean you've got I mean, they they did also run out of that diamond a lot, which okay. You but, don't think you don't think that's like a can be a tricky thing where it changes gaps and all well, that.
1: Michigan got got by it a couple of times, but then they brought in a third defensive tackle, mm-hmm. and that pretty much ended any hopes of success in that
3: department okay so it was just a constraint type thing
1: well i mean it was just you're gonna go with this run heavy formation and michigan at first is just gonna be like all right let's see what happens oh. <laughs> and then you know you'll break off a couple of runs and michigan's
3: like all right fine which fine, di- well, which defensive tackles are in i don't know two of the six yeah, Whatever. yeah.
2: <laughs> just, Whatever. Well, I mean, our our tired uh, take before this game was, like, Michigan's going to finally go to a tight rotation. And the wired take is that
3: Rashawn Benny and Kenneth Grant should be in there all the time. <laughs> well, they were good, and <laughs> and I'm okay with maybe those five. And there are packages for good. But, like, you know, he gets the play where he, he gets into the backfield, great, and then he's one-on-one with Drew Aller, and Drew Aller makes you miss
2: well so so they had one run which was like a i, I think it was a first down run and it got 11 yards or something and when i went back and watched good actually is there to make the play and then he gets yanked back by his helmet so wow. or like the it was a face mask and there benny was actually getting washed out but good was the, in the backfield to make the play and that's what penn state was giving you they're putting their running backs one-on-one with alignment in the backfield and saying okay we're gonna beat this guy
1: well and so what was happening is penn state Michigan would just play base defense, six guys in the box for the most part, and then Penn State would get five yards on first down, six, sometimes eight, and then it, for their, most of the time they couldn't convert that.
3: Yeah, like well, give, they got nine and a half on like the one run, and ended up punting two plays later. Yeah, so mm-hmm. you got
1: you got Penn State like as two for eight on third down in this game uh, at some point, point. and all of those have like a second and medium or short attached to them but michigan as soon as they decided that like all right fine we're gonna bow up yeah that was it it was over that's just such a weird thing i mean (laughs) i don't know it's they they just felt that they didn't have to respect penn state enough to change their defense from what they have been doing all year which is playing their ohio state defense
3: prepping for one
1: and you saw you know you saw what Ohio State's defense was able to do against Penn State's offense. You could argue that that was a better performance from Ohio State. It was Mm -hmm. more dominant. But what they were doing is they were bringing an extra guy in the box. They were playing zero sometimes because they simply did not respect their skill position players. And Michigan was not doing that. And so you get what looks like, okay, Penn State was running better against Michigan than they were against Ohio State. But in reality, one team is playing a... Against Penn State. The other team is playing against Ohio Ohio State. State. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Do you think that they were doing that because Michigan believed that the thing that was going to kill them, sort of like the strip sack turnover type stuff, is if, say, you know, Will Johnson slips or something. And so you're just like, well, we're going to play a relatively safe-ish defense to start against their, you know, quote-unquote downfield passing game. Because – If something goes wrong, then it's not a touchdown. And, I mean, like, you know, the drive where they drive down the field and the first time they get in Michigan in a goal to go all season and it's a first and goal from what was it, like the three or two, something like that, and they still don't even score. So Michigan's like, eh, you're not going to efficiency us. You might explosive us, but we're just going to take that off the table.
1: Yeah, and I think that they didn't look at this offense and decide that they needed to do anything other than what they usually do. And the fact that they got up 14-3 in this game, and you know it was 14-9 at one point, but then they were up eight points. Like, there was never any point which was like, we need to change something up, otherwise we might lose this game.
3: And when you were talking about 14-3, I mean, that was then the touchdown drive for Penn State. Right. And it took everything. To go right. Right. They had on yeah, that there drive. Was like a yeah. Philly
1: special on They had a throwback
3: out. to Aller. Yeah. They also had like the an amazing catch. That was the fourth and sixth yeah. out mm-hmm. route. And I mean, and, and they're calling, like, QB runs. I mean, they, they scored on a draw. Like, Aller hasn't been— Mason
1: Graham was vi-
3: violently held.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, just an unbelievable non-call.
2: They did not call any holds. They didn't call any holds all game. And and Fashanu, that's all he does is he puts his hands outside of you and grabs your shoulder pads every single there play. There was
1: one clip where Fashanu was, like, literally, like, hugging Coulson, yeah. and I was like, oh, that's yeah. not good.
2: Yeah. Well, the so they the big run where Grant runs down. We're gonna have to talk about Grant a little second here. <laughs> oh year. man! But yeah, but the one where he runs it down that starts with uh, Derek Moore getting in the backfield. He's got the uh, running back dead to rights, and a tight end he, the, that he tried to block down on him kind of jumps on his back. And I it's mean, like that's the, we I, see I, that I, play all the time. But I don't but think that's that's a hold. What, I, what I'm not I mean, I was not a that's a holding thing. I'm saying this was the way that they were playing. As Michigan was gonna have a guy get around block get in the backfield and then it was a running back versus our guy in the backfield
1: that's how they're playing the issue on that run was that Barrett didn't funnel the help yeah so he takes on the lead block but he doesn't cut off the outside and then Colson can't make up that gap outside mm-hmm. but somebody did <laughs> Kenneth Grant <laughs> <laughs> I like there was <laughs> 350
2: pound you, man there was
1: <laughs> that block earlier the in the year on the same still pick 6 yeah, yeah that You gave him a plus two. I'm like, you you shouldn't give him plus two because that's never going to be
3: relevant. And then,
1: then. guess what?
3: (laughs) (laughs) When you watch, like, go back and watch that play because you see him because the guy is like two steps on him. And granted, he has to kind of run through a guy and take a different angle. So Grant just has to get upfield. But when you watch him, that was the most fun five to ten yards of watching anyone run (laughs) I've ever seen maybe. Because you just watch. I mean, this guy's a large Round human and he just motors. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah.
2: And Catherine Allen looks back at me, he's like, What are what you are doing you here? Don't <laughs> land on me.
1: <laughs> I was I was watching that and the NFL draft music was playing at night. <laughs> <game. laughs> Cause there's like a hundred percent chance that we are yes. gonna see that when Ken Oh, and it won't
3: he won't even have video. It's just gonna be this over on yeah. a loop.
1: Because
2: <laughs> No, there's gonna be more. There are wow. there is more from this game that will be on that. Yeah, I mean the yeah. first
1: play, Kenneth Grant just dismisses a guy yeah. and gets uh-huh. a tackle for loss. Like I was, I was like, we got we got to tighten up this rotation. And as you said earlier, it's like well, maybe we don't. No,
3: well, well, the only thing is like I'm just going to have an issue at least for this year. And I know you know, good, not going to be here next matter. But like when he's on the field and Chris Jenkins is on the sideline, like I just like start kind of shaking. Because it's, yeah, like, I mean, this is why he came back. He's going to be probably, maybe he won't be a first-round pick, maybe a second-round pick. I don't know. But
2: You're you're, you're trying to see, get your guys to the Ohio State game. I agree with Brian that Michigan was not playing. But we've been On saying, the side of the ball, Michigan was not playing Penn State. They were. They're and playing good, Ohio State. Yeah, and good's your innings eater. He's just going to go in there and, and eat some snaps so, up. And So you, you don't think fried. he'll
3: play against Ohio State? I don't think
1: he'll play except on passing downs. Good. Yeah, I think he's a good pass rusher. Like that was what he
3: was at UCF. He was like a rotation. Yeah, except that he did that today, and then just the guy stepped around. Okay, yeah, that's the problem. I
2: mean, if he just if he just sets up and slows
3: down a little, yeah, but he got a little excited. Yeah, okay, because Drew Allen and and Jenkins are good pass rushers too. I I mean, you in any other year, it's probably okay, but this year is just like. It's like you're trying to bring your groceries in, and you're, they're just falling out of your hands because you've grabbed too many bags. That's Michigan's defensive tackles. We have too many of them, and we can't hold them all. All right. Well, Mr. Analogy is over here. Hey. <laughs> just trying to clean it up for the people.
2: I, 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 think that, I, I think it makes sense because they're not worried about Penn State
1: beating them. And well, I just think that they want to—no, I think it's part of, like, everybody eats. Like, yeah. I think that they want everybody to feel like they're contributing to a championship team. And I do think that when push comes to shove against Ohio State, the rotation will tighten
3: up. But I've been saying that for six weeks. Well, now. the preview to the Michigan State, or the post, the pre-Michigan State podcast, you were like, I think this is the week that you know we trim it all down. And a month later, we're still kind of doing the same thing. And it has hey,
1: D.J. Waller didn't play in the first half did, of this
3: game. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Keon and Quint Johnson certainly. didn't. Morian Walker still has his red shirt. Maureen. Well, uh, uh, oh, no,
2: no, that. he burned it. No, yeah. he's, five, he's five games. In, mm.
1: in any case, um, we should talk about Will Johnson because Michigan did something that I was curious to see if they would. And that was when they were in man coverage, it was him against Lambert Smith every yeah. time. Yeah,
3: Was it? it when, they were oh, man, when they were in man coverage. Yeah.
1: Um, which was sometimes a problem because it was immediately a man coverage tip when, when well, Lambert was in the slot. Mm-hmm. There you go.
3: But in that situation, you're kind of like... You're gonna know, beat us.
1: Well, but what I'm saying is that this looks like something Michigan is thinking about for Ohio for State. Marvin Harris. for Marvin
2: Harrison. Mm-hmm. If you can get away with that,
3: well, I don't know. If I don't he, know. I don't know if NFL I teams mean, are gonna get away with Harrison's that. Harrison's gonna get him sometimes. I mean, you remember, remember the remember the Jordan Lewis Burbridge matchup. Yeah. I mean, they both had good games,
1: but also you got to remember last year is that the first play that Ohio State ran, they were trying to get Marvin Harrison on a fade route past Will Johnson. Mm-hmm. He destroys it. And then he doesn't get targeted the rest
3: of the game. Yeah, and that's on Ohio State. Like you have the best wide receiver in the country. He gets beaten on one play, and you're like, "We got to do something else." No, no. no. But, but
1: they weren't they weren't solo matching him up against. Like they weren't following him around with Johnson. the whole Okay. Game. Like, no, they, right. okay. like they were like the John- were
3: having a safety on top of him all game, like, okay. except for the one play <laughs> um, when they decided to blitz him from 25 yards.
1: Well, I, I mean, know. for me, like I don't I don't know if I would want to have that same setup against Ohio State because I just don't want to tip. But what I do think that they might do is, like, when, you know, there's a trips or something that you're going to have Johnson one-on-one with whoever's on the one side in a Mm three-by-one. And just, like, you know, that's that's it. That's over for that guy.
2: It's the Woodson. It's it's basically I'm going to have – we're going to use this guy to cover him. He's not going to have any help. It's just you're on an island versus this guy. And then
1: you play quarter, quarter, half. Yeah. And then – the quarter quarters are to the field, and then you've got guys over everybody over there. So that's what I would try to do, but I'm not Jesse Minter, who's yeah. obviously much better at this yeah, than yeah. I am.
3: In any case. Um, so I, they they tried that against Penn State, and you liked it?
1: Yeah, I mean, he I thought he was dominating all of the snaps against Lambert Smith. He took the uh, PI, which I think is a legit call. But the key there is that he didn't actually have to
3: do. Well, that. Well, that was the thing where mm-hmm. that he didn't like is that it wasn't going to be a completion.
1: It wasn't going to be a completion, and he doesn't need to grab that guy. No. By the way, because he's already over the top. If yeah. it is an accurate pass, it's a PBU because his butt does turn a little bit. Like uh, the
3: you way can I see it, and the
1: way I grade those, I would I would not if if it gets called, I'm not gonna like ref minus it. But if it doesn't get called, that, that stuff doesn't get called all the time. I mean, that one, he turns the guy. Like, if, it, if his arm is there and it doesn't look like he's physically turning the receiver, he'll mm-hmm. get away with it. But he did that time. It also just felt oh, good. Did you say something about that? But in any case, if that's the kind of error that Will Johnson is going to make, that's fine. Yeah. It's aggressive. He's in great coverage. You know, that thing is going to – you're going to get called for the occasional P.I. if you're as good as he is just because you're always going to be in a
3: position where you might screw it up. Hausman had a couple nice plays. Like he was in on a cup on oh, at least one or two of those well, Graham tackles. Yeah, the, the Aller,
1: it was like a third and two quarterback I guess it wasn't a draw, whatever. Ish yeah. Power mm. run, whatever. Uh yeah. So Graham comes off that Jenkins gets a bunch of penetration and then Graham's able to kinda like squeeze by a blocker and then Houseman comes up and goes like almost flat to the ground Yeah. yeah. <laughs> from actually grinding out the first down. So
3: yeah, he's uh he's a player. I, I don't like him above Colson and Barrett right now, but no. when those guys are gone next year, it doesn't feel like you're going to lose a ton.
1: Yeah, I mean, Hausman will be good, and then you're hoping that
2: Rolder is ready to go. Mm-hmm. They're, that's the guy they're getting the red shirt on right now. He didn't play again in this game, and he didn't play last game either, I think. Yeah. So, they're, they're, so he's only
1: got one under his belt, right?
2: Uh, I think one or two. got to go check. But but So yeah.
1: they can play him in Ohio State if they need to. Yeah.
2: But, yeah, the, and they have other guys. Jaden Hood's been actually pretty good when, when he's been on the field this year, too. They have some depth that they didn't have before. Yeah. But Barrett was not having the best game in this one.
1: You didn't think so? He I, made some plays. He made some plays. He did, mm-hmm. we, we've already mentioned that he was the guy who made the explosive run explosive. Right. Mm-hmm. One of the problems is they were consistently tipping what they were doing on defense. So Barrett, who's a very good blitzer, was blitzing into situations where – they knew he was coming, yeah. And sometimes it didn't matter. Sometimes it didn't matter, but his effectiveness wasn't quite at the rate that you the wanted. Level to be. That... And I think that's another home road Beaver Stadium thing. Yeah, just mm. the number of times that Michigan was induced into tipping what they were doing versus vice versa. Yeah, was a big big asset for Penn State in this
2: game. Well, I'm, so Penn State they're uh, they're getting in their sets with like 17 seconds, 18 seconds left to go. They would get Michigan to tip something, and then they would be able to check. And I think that was the fourth and sixth conversion. They get they see the Michigans in man, and they get to change their play, and they get to. And Michigan every time they had the same situation, they tried, but they would have to get a timeout basically yeah. to to get it done. And so yeah, you're right. That was a kind of a road home.
1: Yeah, and especially a Beaver Stadium thing.
2: Right? And was, this
3: is the last like, regardless of what happens and how many games Michigan plays, this is the last like real road game. I mean, uh, they they go to Maryland, uh, yeah, Ohio State, and then after that. All the quote-unquote postseason games are well. They're probably all in domes, but well, maybe not. Well, one, I mean,
2: I, I think right now we're if we beat Ohio State and the Big Ten championship, we're probably playing
3: Washington in the Rose Bowl. It maybe depends what sure. happens, yeah. but I mean, that's not going to be a road game. No, it won't be a road game. It might be. It'll be neutral site. But yeah,
1: but the the amount of noise that you're talking—it's not going to be like yeah. won't be anywhere near yeah. Yeah. So this is pretty much the only game all year where that advantage is going to be so solidly mm-hmm. with the opponent.
3: Do we have any other takes? On the, the only defense. thing is, we should talk about that not interception. Okay, it wasn't an interception. Yeah, well, you know, he trapped okay. it on the ground. They, yeah. It was uh, that, was, and that was definitive. Yeah, yeah, it was a legit overturn. Yeah, yeah,
2: okay. Yeah, I, I mean, the it sucked. I think it was Barrett took off his helmet. Yeah, Barrett took t- off his helmet. Yeah. So it ends 15 yards that they get as well on top of it instead of it just
3: being like an incomplete. Yeah, because it was going to be second 10. Yeah. yeah. And that was that drive. I mean, you know, you, we can sit there and talk about, oh, well, you know, the yardage or whatever. But, you know, they got, I think, 75 yards on that last touchdown drive, yeah. which took them up to well, I don't know, over 200 I think or something. about
1: 25 of those were via penalty. Well, good has, 30. The, has the face. That's mm-hmm. That was half... The distance, though. Oh, it was. Yeah, yeah. So it was about nine. It was
3: yards. also a legit. Oh, we'll talk about that in the rest. And of one of them was like a, a big Aller scramble, so they weren't even really like throwing the ball down the field, and no, they I like mean, ran against a pass defense yeah, twice. Yeah, and, that's yeah. what they
1: were doing. It's like, all right, Michigan's preventing you from scoring quickly, so you're going to run the ball with four and a half minutes left down two scores. I'm like, okay, yeah. All right, no, I got to get to frames. Let's go. <laughs>
6: <laughs> hey, it's Nick Hopwood, founder and president of Peak Wealth Management, your MGO financial coach and it is our goal to help you retire with peak confidence. Check us out at peakwm.com slash mgoblog. Bo says the team, the team, the team. Lately, my mantra has been the plan, the plan, the plan. Check out the Trust the Plan podcast. Search out my name, Nick Hopwood, on any platform and give us a follow. You know, we haven't updated this ad in over two years because since the last versions went live, we only had one Big Ten loss, and honestly, I'm a little superstitious, but for this ad, I just want to give a shout out to all the loyal Wolverines and MGO Blog fans who've reached out to us from as far as France, Japan, Seattle, San Francisco, Dallas, Florida, New York, and of course all over the great state of Michigan. And you guessed it, we're pulling recruits out of Ohio as well, just like Harbaugh. Thank you very much. So no matter where life has taken you after your time in Ann Arbor, we're here to help you build a plan you can trust. If you're looking for a second opinion, visit us at peakwm.com mgoblog today.
1: Hi, I'm Pete Cavarilla, owner of Sharon's Heating and Air Conditioning. We've been servicing Ann Arbor and Metro Detroit for over 40 years, and we know that the last thing you want to worry about is your heating and cooling system breaking down. Right now is a good time to sign up for our preventative maintenance plan, so you don't have to worry about it in November when the fourth quarters get interesting. Our maintenance members also get discounts and service calls, and you can rest assured our team plays tough in sun or snow and have never been called soft by Lou Holtz. Whether you need a tune-up, are ready for a new system, or want to upgrade your air quality before winter, call us anytime or schedule an appointment on our website at Sharon'sHeating.com. Here's a thing people say. Seth, tell me about your insurance. I'm
2: actually glad you asked me about that because I just changed my insurance and I'm really happy I did.
1: Let me guess. You use Phil Klein and Owen Rosen of the Phil Klein Insurance Group.
2: They are MGO blog readers and they don't advertise during football
1: games. And they've got a five-star rating on anything you would care to see. Call Owen at 248-682-7445 or visit them online at PhilKlineInsurance.com.
2: One, and two, and... If you find yourself on the wrong side of the law, you want a Michigan man in the huddle. Call a criminal law attorney and former prosecutor Jonathan Paul at 248-924-9458 or visit his website at michiganlawgrad.com. John is a proud graduate of the University of Michigan Ross School of Business and Michigan Law School. He looks forward to showing you the Michigan difference. Winewood Organics is Ann Arbor's only cannabis micro-business for adults 21 and older. They're a grower, processing lab, and dispensary rolled into one, cultivating and producing flour, old-school hash, edibles, CBD products, and more. You can find them across the street from Kroger on South Maple, just west of downtown, and at winewoodorganics.com. Veterans and MedCard holders save 10% on all orders, and first-time customers save 25%, as long as you're not wearing scarlet and gray. can't snap that quickly, but
0: Jim Harbaugh outlasts all of them. Jesus. Every one of them. Jesus. Every one of them. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Jesus Christ,
1: Seth. <laughs>
2: well, you just did the same thing to I'm me. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, just really, you were just this far from
0: me. I, I, meant, that, I meant like Moses. Okay. I know
1: that you're... Not into the This is my wait, hottest take
2: of all time though. I guess.
0: Seth, you're saying that he's gonna be there when he's ninety? I mean
2: every single Big Ten coach currently coaching a football team right now is not gonna be coaching his team as long as Jim Harbaugh is coaching his. Uh, and I think uh, it's that beginning, a hot take? Is, is that a hot take? At the beginning of this year, I would have uh, said Harbaugh was probably going to the NFL at the end of this year. I think what they did is they gave Michigan the leverage to sign Harbaugh long-term and show him that we yep. love him, and we are now behind Harbaugh, and you go through the list, and you look at all of these clowns yeah, who are whining about the player health and how much signs are important to them, and Brett Bielema going, that's terrible, I can't believe they do that. And even Matt Rule, who looks like he's a good coach and is going to have a successful time in Nebraska, is sitting there going, oh, I can't believe they did that. And like They keep yeah. changing their tune to get even whinier about this. You know what happens to liars? They get found out for lying, and, yeah. and recruits don't and they like they it when you lie to them. President, yeah, <laughs> it's, that's politics. In yeah, football, you actually have to be good yeah, at your
1: job. I mean, and there's, hard, only, there's yeah. only two guys. Like I think Fickle has a shot. Eh, I think Fickle has a shot. Eh, and then Rule. Those are the only two guys. Those are the only two guys. I think Fickle has
0: a
3: shot, and so does Kirk Ferentz. <laughs> <laughs> The best thing is if Harbaugh (laughs) was signed, like, a 10-year deal and they suspended him for the 10 years and he just kept picking a different assistant coach for each game and they won anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be good stuff.
1: Dave, give me your
3: hottest take. James Franklin told his guys to let Coram score at the end of the game so he could get the ball back faster. (laughs) Which might even be the right that play. That might even.
0: That
2: might yeah, even be. But true. you don't
3: even know because James Franklin just spun a wheel on the sideline and says, "What are we gonna do?" Franklin
2: is not thinking like
3: that, though. Frank Franklin well, might I have mean, like Franklin's
0: told... not thinking. <laughs>
2: we could just he's
3: end not thinking it there. at all. He... You
0: guys have to make a. You guys have to make a. We thought points were gonna be at a premium T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We have so many new T shirts. We we have so many like very obscure reference T shirts that nobody buys because it's like (laughs) I know we're the only people who
2: remember this stuff. Rishi's in my (laughs) Rishi's texting me right now with a copy of a shirt that is like the entire Sharon Moore quote, and I'm like, you can like edit half of that out and it'd still be a good shirt. Like this, we have shirts, great. We have shirts.
1: We We have shirts. We have a shirt that says Bet. We should have a shirt that's that's doing pretty well right now. Oh yeah, the shirt says Bet.
2: Someone wanted me to to, to do the uh, the Hebrew bet and I'm like I don't know if anyone's going to get that reference but like nine people who know me. Great. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Randy, give me your hottest take. This is Donovan Edwards team. <laughs> 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 so, okay. So, you know how like Michigan when they play a soft schedule at the beginning of the year which is basically now every year except for next year which will be the hardest schedule in the history of space and time. They keep stuff in the, that they don't want to put on tape for the people at the end. Donovan Edwards is the best kept secret that they didn't want to put on tape this year. And you watch him in the next two games; he is gonna go berserk, and it is amazing. We are pulling Donovan Edwards out of the bag for these last games, All and right. I love it. Year long con, yes, sir. Jason, You're give me con. your hottest take. When Sharon Moore became the head coach yesterday, they secretly inserted Brian Ferentz as our offensive coordinator.
1: That's not true because we could run the ball. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. All right. All right. Yeah. You know, there were moments where I was like, "What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing?" And then I was like, "Oh, that's what we're doing." Uh, it worked out is what I'm trying to say. Defense and running. Yeah, we bare, did an Iowa game.
2: Brian Ferentz is an offensive lineman from the 1990s and 2000s. If you'd mentioned offensive lineman from the 60s or 70s, I absolutely would have believed you. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. All thank right. you. Thank you. Jim Brandstatter is our offensive coordinator. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All
1: right. <laughs> Michigan's team hotel is now a smoking crater in the ground. because you know what jim did after michigan beat penn state without completing a single pass in the second half is he burned that mother down (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
2: was that what he was doing when they were singing So he's a jolly good fellow to him He on the was phone?
1: splashing gasoline All over the lobby of the hotel <laughs> And that hotel Deserved it I don't care what yeah. anybody says and He's route, a jolly good fellow and, <laughs> <laughs> he's a jolly...
0: En route to Yoast. Oh come on <laughs> that would be amazing But like I was, Burn it That down. He might have done yeah. that He was so happy Just with a glass of milk in his hand
1: Yes <laughs> And a bite of steak. He went down to the bar, and he's like, what can I get you? And he's like, do you have any of that really filtered milk? <laughs>
0: yeah. It's like, oh, be he's give me a virgin white Russian. And they're like, "You don't know if we can make it. You, a... you mean a Ukrainian? Here, take it.
1: God. Oh. If you can't get enough scars, hit up their website. They are constantly touring. Also, hit up the Nosebleeds, which is their reboot of Cheap Seats on UFC Fight Pass. Thank you, guys.
0: Hey, I just want to say we're in the car with our friend from Michigan who we met freshman year, Leslie Corin. She's driving us. Her brother, Neil, listens to this all the time. So shout out to Neil Corin, who loves this specific segment. We love you guys.
1: Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, guys. We'll keep that. We have struggled for content in our game theory segments for a couple years now. Not, not always true. Because... No, no, no. I planned a big segment for this one. Because... Time. <laughs> because... Now people are just right about things. There was, the, you know, the big <laughs> like, oh, you should go for it on fourth down revolution, and now everybody is basically correct. Right. But we just played Frames Janklin, <laughs> and it's so wonderful that we have content for this. So,
3: there are, should, should we go through his fourth down? Sure, because there were a lot. <laughs> there, a lot of, of there was it. like yeah. four of them. I mean, the first one is they punted on fourth and a half from the thirty-four, the minus thirty-four and a half yard line. Right. So, and that's that's early in the game. Yeah. But. It was after I mean, they'd already given do you think, him a spot. I mean, does Michigan go there? Yes. Yeah. It, I mean, they did against Ohio State last year. It was yeah. basically the same situation.
1: Yeah. Michigan goes there, but oh, Penn State should not go there because their chances of conversion are not good. They'd, so you think that was the right call? I do. Yeah. Because mm, Penn State's offense is
2: so Penn State good already got stuffed on a quarterback sneak, and they got a good spot
3: on it, but they got well, stuffed. They got stuffed on a, qu- a quarterback like run from the pocket. They didn't get... I mean, this is the situation where you have Drew Aller, who's the guy that you're not going to recruit anymore because he's too big in certain ways. But a big guy, you can still just QB sneak and shove the ball forward and and he got stuffed. No, they didn't... But that wasn't a sneak. They ran from the shotgun. There
1: was a QB sneak that they gave him the first down on that was actually probably short.
3: Oh, that was the one inside the five? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes.
1: So it probably should have been fourth and
3: inches, but Mm -hmm. they gave him the first down. Okay. So... That is what you're using as a basis for not going and if fourth you and can't,
2: half. If you try that play and you cannot get any movement, because that is just a pure my strength versus your strength. Right. And Michigan's going to
1: put Grant right out there.
2: So yeah.
3: can I just mention something about this? Like, like the like the tush push stuff that the Eagles do. Like I think they practice that stuff because yeah. you watch any other team try to pull that off and they suck. Yeah. yeah. Like this, it's a legitimate. Play that takes time in practice, and and it's kind of like blown. Other than maybe when Tom Brady used to do it, he was just a master at always finding those little gaps and picking up a yard and a half. And he was a big guy, so it worked. But it's just crazy to watch other teams try to do these quarterback sneak type things, and and it doesn't work. And everyone's like, "Oh, see that play doesn't even work." And it's like, well, probably because the amount of time they put into it is. Right. Let's come on. Let's move on. Well. But it's it's big for frames in this situation. Well, but like I,
1: he's not he's not going because you don't want Michigan on, to do on, that on the do mi- you on the, no. But Michigan is a better offense and no. they are designed to pick up short yardage. Okay,
3: like so that's that's the first one. Yeah, I don't punts have. and thumbs up. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Then they go on fourth and six
2: after taking a timeout. Trying after to get taking the, a timeout. At, trying to get Michigan on a bad to throw jump off right
3: call. I mean it's, it's like, fourteen to three. It's like on the thirty eight or something, right? Uh, it's, yeah, somewhere.
1: I mean, that's always go for it. That's yeah. the- so he gets two right. Yeah.
3: And then the third one is they go well, on fourth
2: and... I wouldn't call it right because he used up a timeout
3: first. Nah, don't worry about that. Whatever. All right. And then they go for it on fourth and two. Yeah. And on the throwback. Clearly. So he's yeah. three for three. Yeah. At this point. And then they go on fourth and six from their own 30 Yeah.
1: I mean, I didn't think that was the right call because their defense... Versus Michigan, they're only running. You're probably going to get the ball back, and as soon as you don't get that, it's ball game because Michigan is already in field goal range. Yeah, and you're not scoring twice. Yeah, so you would have pun so it. So he so pun he went trust your team. So he went three for the four. Part of your team because anyway. like fourth and six, like what are your chances of making that at that point in the While game? Well, throwing the ball, right? Well, like, you, I mean, you have to throw it towards somebody. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's. That, I mean, yeah, but
2: yeah, the, the decision to go for it. There, maybe if you're wrong. one
1: of these conventional football players, but maybe you just don't understand the avant garde. <laughs> <laughs> so he actually does he do a good
3: job well, on the, uh, the on the fourth down stuff? Yeah.
1: Well, no, because he screwed one up
3: horribly. The, the, the last one. Yeah, okay. I mean, like. Uh, but he he, he nailed uh, the other three.
1: Yeah, those are table stakes, though. Okay. That's well, not okay. anything special. And then what does he do? He scores a touchdown, and he's so excited that he's like, you know what a good idea is? I'm going to go for two. With talk- this offense against that
3: defense. You're uh-huh. talking about in the first half. The first, the first half, half,
2: yeah, which is why he's in a bad situation, which is why he's down 15 at the end of like, the
1: game, and they have to big go for two later. utterly indefensible. If you are playing a Big 12 game in your Oklahoma State and you know it's going to be 58 to 51, sure, fine. You are playing a game from 1950. Your quarterback can't do anything. <laughs> What on God's green earth are you doing going for two there? Now, at the end of the game, he's Mm got to go for two. Yeah. It's the perfect explanation of why you have to go for two in that situation, because you have two minutes left. You have two timeouts. If you're down one score, you can kick it deep. Mm -hmm. If you're down two scores, you have to go onside. Mm -hmm. You have to know whether you're down one or two scores. Mm -hmm. Yes. So you go for it then. and. The most disappointing thing about the frames post game press conference is that he got snippy with a reporter who was completely wrong. Yeah. He was completely right. And,
2: and he did, but, but he was right for the wrong reason. They asked wow. him, What do you want? He goes, Well, points are so hard to
3: come by. I wanted to go for nah. it. I'm just, all right. I'm he did not, in not a explain. Circle here. Here. Explain t- this out. I did not see the play post-game presser. So he, he so was—he was, he got snippy with somebody there, for the wrong reason. There's a, there's a guy being like, why'd you go for two? The first the time. There? No, he's asking a about the second, second time. time. When he <laughs> so should have asked him about the first, time. About the first why, time. He's why, asking about the second time. Why did you, time. you
0: go for two? I write for a
1: newspaper.
0: And gave, I don't understand And he anything. gave him
2: an answer, which would have been fine. And the guy's like, oh, I don't think you answered my question. And he, like, he puts him on the spot. And he gets snippy.
1: I write for a newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry, I don't know why I'm doing. Yeah, you're like, doing that again. He's like the uh, he's like Lenny from of Mice and Men. All of a
2: sudden. Oh,
3: I. I anyway, he, um, so <laughs> Take him out and-
2: no, you, know, no, no, no. I, you don't. I don't want to know what I was not going to say. We've caught it. All right, good. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so, just the, the boggling decision to put his awful offense on the field after scoring a touchdown. Just because if he kicks the extra point.
3: Then that, he can kick the extra point later, and then
1: he's down seven, and then
3: he's got some whisper you, of a chance. Well, and you had they they had two timeouts, and I think I had it measured out to they would have about a minute five left because they scored with about yeah about two minutes and you know forty and then five 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 for the run for the plays. So, not
1: that it probably would have mattered, probably but, not yeah.
3: because Michigan
1: converts a first down, but anyway. it's a yeah. chance. It's a chance. So people are still arguing with me about the going for two. Oh my in the second god! One. Yeah. it is it is unbelievable. Yeah. Like, I have seen – you guys have no idea how many incredibly stupid tweets I've seen over the past three weeks, all in my mentions. And this is the one that has made the most stupid tweets because people just don't understand it. They they refuse to understand it. So, well, and what they say, most of what they – I'm trying to do the best
2: job. I'm not agreeing with them here. I'm trying They're to like, do the best job with summarizing what they say. you got to kick the – Is the, that if your team is not going to play to win, if – they're down nine; that they feel like it's over, and they're going to get deflated. And if you're down eight, they're still going to play. And to which I respond: Tell your team how we play, because it's the smart thing to do. And like Dan Campbell said that, said this in the the Amazon special that right, I, we explained to them how we how we're going to do it. We explain that my team knows what's going on. My team is smart. They're all college graduates. They all know how math works. They all they all get it.
3: And then. If your team is giving up on you because they're down by 9, that's on you. Well, that's that's the key there is like if you can't get guys to mo- be motivated to play for 60 minutes, A, those players shouldn't be in the game and B, that's Then the you deserve problem. to lose. Yeah, it's I mean, it's coaching. Yeah.
1: People are always like, "Oh, you got to kick the extra points, so you're only down one score." 8 points is not one score.
3: It's one and a half scores. Yeah. It, it, you that's don't what know. I always say. No, it's, it's, it's Schrodinger's Well, deficits. okay, but, yeah. that's what you, but that's why I always say <laughs> but, that, is because it's not a given that and you're going to get it going for you. two opens
1: the box, and then you know if the cat is dead or alive. You collapse the waveform. We Quite are so m- emgo-blogged right, right now. Right now. There is,
2: there is it's no a really other... good analogy. Tell, tell me, it, tell is me a, about... it is a great analogy, and it's also a perfect distillation of what we are, because nobody else, everyone who listens to this podcast got that. <laughs> <laughs> tell me about Parabolas.
1: They're, and they're all attorneys too. If you throw something <laughs> up in the air, the the uh, path it traces is a parabola. That's nice. There you go. Trajectory. Yeah, baby. Yeah, that's we good. got we got it going on.
3: So all right, Michigan, officiating. Well. Michigan also goes oh, for it.
1: Well,
2: okay, on fourth
3: down. Yeah, this
1: got it right. Whatever.
2: Hey,
3: trying to fill your content space here.
2: No, well, this is the boring thing now because everyone goes for it. Right, all right. it's like
1: these aren't even like conversations worth having because yeah. everybody gets it right. And only when frames intervenes do we get to talk about it anymore. But he's a delight. Uh, I had to physically restrain Craig Ross from spending the entire WTKA roundtable claiming that we were going to be jobbed by the refs in this game. Oh yes. I did not actually physically restrain him that is a metaphor. I mean, were you not sort of expecting it? No.
3: Why? Because the big Ten's a serious conference and they would and they would also and because
1: they Because <laughs> the because
2: to do that you have to have somebody come to the refs room and say, "Here guys, I need you to do this for me." Did At which point those guys are going to be like, F you, I'm going to work somewhere else where I'm not
3: told to referee. Well, I mean, I based just, off of what your but needs Big are. The Big Ten exists. Were you asleep this week? Well,
1: yeah. There's there's a difference between doing what the Big Ten did and then going into the ref room and being like, okay, now we're well, going to job these guys. No, I'm
2: not, not saying like they're going to get have you ever penalties. Met I'm not a referee. They are the most pedantic, <laughs> <laughs> pedantic rule following <Second> people. Most.
3: <laughs> so <laughs> they. They I'm not would, saying— It not, would not fly. I'm not saying that they were going to get jobbed. I meant that, like, 50-50—I'm not counting on getting 50-50 calls.
1: Well, they didn't get a big one in this game, yeah. which was the running in or two or roughing the kicker. Yeah, because that's
3: roughing because he hits the plant leg.
1: Well, I, it didn't matter because it was going to be a first down either it way. It would have been yeah. 10
3: extra yards when you're struggling to move the ball.
1: Yeah, but that robbed Michigan of a possession, and that was a really big part of it. And, game. you know, it puts him out midfield. So there was also the missed holding call on Mason Graham on their touchdown. Yes, camp.
2: which was that's one of those where I ref minus two. I think like that's a
1: you have to make that call. It's it's but, absolutely like, material. Yeah, they did get the hold on the kick, the punt return, punt turn. Mm-hmm. which which was good. Um,
3: so it, it didn't really have a problem with either of the PI calls in the stadium after. So they they call the the one on Michigan right, and then. Penn State punts to Michigan, and then they don't call the block in the back that is probably not a block in the back. For when Jake Thaw has a, a minimal punt return. And then they go to TV timeout. In the stadium, they play that play on a loop for the entire TV timeout. Yeah. It is literally just spinning over and over for probably three minutes. You're just sitting there watching it, and it lasts eight this seconds. This is why I mean they are extra. Penn State gets
2: the probably gets more calls than most teams, Penn St- and they whine about calls more than any fan I mean, base every, on the planet. We, we know about Penn that.
3: Penn State is the, the sitting there in the game, and this probably has been true, but like it reaffirmed on this trip was they are like a, a WWE experience. Like going to that oh, game, yeah. that is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Because it's all show. I mean, I don't mind like the fireworks and flyovers and that kind of stuff. But they bring a guy out and he does a dance between, like uh, I think the first quarter break. I mean, it's like getting everybody riled was up. It the,
1: the mascot?
3: I don't remember who it was. They dressed up as Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, Why? What
2: mascot. was the point? Was that a science joke? I tried not to I could watch. Not it.
3: figured it out. Like, I don't want to
1: participate. I in don't these think things. it had anything to do with anything.
3: Really? No, he it's it shows up as Napoleon. And Dynamite everyone, well, okay. at it's that time, it's a very time, old reference. At that time, and yet they even catch on the broadcast. Like, I'm like, I I don't even Valerie know. Plame today. Everyone remembers this reference. <laughs> so, and it's just a bunch of. I mean, Michigan is unfortunately trending that direction where they have the on the field guy. But this guy, they bring out a lot of guys and that do that, and then they bring out usually some old alumni who gets everyone fired up and then we are, and then yeah. like it's it's a very I, I don't mind that as it's much. It's chintzy.
2: It's chintzy. But listen, Penn State had their like entire personality wrapped up in one man who they can no longer talk about. Okay. And so now they're just... So they had to find something. And I think that they found something. I think just
3: being, you know, create a, pl- uh, create a team is fantastic for them. Yeah. In any case. The best part is is that, that they didn't do enough, especially offensively, that, that little, like, wildcat sound. Was oh, yeah. was very minimal. Rawr. Yeah, exactly.
2: Like that was, was. That's been a Penn State blogger thing for a while. They just they, they're like so sick of it. They played
1: it. <laughs> well, it's the same it's, thing that they play at Northwestern.
2: Yeah. They played it.
1: And more. every single wildcat,
3: cat, lion, whatever, like everyone they, does. They it played it more in game. the pregame than they did during the game. Oh, well, it started
2: know. at Ford Field when Ford Field was so, like new, and like the
1: fans revolted. They're like, please, no cats. Panthers. No still cats. do it. Anyway, so in terms of calls. Like, I think Michigan got the short end of the stick because you have two really important calls that don't get made. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, a debatable holding that... Uh, Johnson? Clatt CJ has on yeah. the corner. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, ah, yeah. I don't know. If, if there was... A, I, I'm not... If he doesn't go, if he yeah. doesn't go behind the block, yeah, then, then I think it's holding. But it does go behind the block,
2: right? That, that's that was basically it. You're setting that block up, and that kind of grabbing the shoulder pads that was happening all game. If you call that one and don't call like Fashanu doing it to every single play, like that, they were not calling holds D- unless D- it was like really yanking a guy down. DPI was
1: the right call. Yeah, I mean it was fine. Like I, I didn't like the call at first, but then you see that
3: replay from no, behind. no, no, not the Will Johnson one. Okay, the one to Barner.
1: Yeah. The Barner one? Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: He doesn't. doesn't, If he
1: gets his head around and he makes a play on the ball, it's not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But he didn't do that. And so he's basically facing Barner, and Barner is being impeded from getting to the ball because of him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kalen King needs to play that better. Like, he's in great position. And if he just looks at the dang ball, he'll get away with it. But he didn't. So it is a DPI.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Any other calls? Nothing that really sticks out. It was really just the two. And, you know, I I can understand sometimes why you don't get that hold call on Mason Graham. The punt one was pretty inexplicable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they
3: said he blo- was blocked in. And when you look at the replay, like, he wasn't. Case. He, he no. like, Superman threw two guys and flies right. in. And
1: if you are jumping over the wall, and as a result of that, you hit one of Michigan's blockers, and then he goes into the punter. That's mm-hmm. not being blocked. That's not being
3: blocked in no. the punt. Yeah. I mean, the block is when you, like, shove a guy in yeah. into
2: that. The, um... They called one on, and Clatt was complaining about this one too on uh, a Michigan or on a Penn State return. They got to the 50, and then instead they got pushed back uh, to the, I think the 30.
1: Yeah, we already talked about that. They got that hold, and it was a yeah. hold. It was yeah, because the Colazar is at least going to slow that guy down if yeah. he doesn't get yanked. Yeah, uh, special teams, yeah,
3: whatever. Pu- I mean, Doman punted, punted it. Okay, and it was good, and nothing really happened of interest. Turner kicked field goal. Thaw is, I mean, it sounds like um, Morris not catching that punt. Against Purdue,
1: seems like they just went the
2: same. They just went to
3: thaw. I mean, does it seem like that's that's just going to be the plan now?
2: Probably. Like they might try them again against Maryland, but against Penn State, where like the only way you lose this game is if you. Well,
3: and he didn't catch the one. Should he have caught that one? Uh, Do you know where it hit? It hit. You mean
1: the one that they downed
3: it like the three? Yeah. Yeah, it hits at the five and bounces straight up in the air. So so it bounces at the five. Yeah. Yeah. So It's, it's probably the right call to let that go. I would say, yeah,
1: it's like it's close. Okay,
3: I, mean, I, I don't, I don't really.
1: Yeah, if he fair catches a, it, he I catches don't really it have a problem. Seven, with seven it. maybe,
2: or something. Yeah. Like it's not like we saved a lot of yards. Okay, yeah.
1: All right, we're gonna take a break. Come back and talk to Jamie.
3: Maze and Blue Nation. It's Tom Brady. I co-founded Autograph with one mission in mind: change the fan experience for the better. That's why I'm excited to announce the release of a new app that recognizes the biggest Michigan fans. The Autograph Fandom Map gives you access to the best Michigan content, fan challenges, and exclusive rewards for diehard Wolverines, all for doing the things you already do, like listening to this podcast. Head over to the Apple App Store and search for Autograph Rewarding Fans and download today.
4: Is your online store sluggish? Outdated. Underperforming you may be suffering from chronic crappy website disorder. One in three online stores built by your brother's friend's nephew currently suffers from chronic crappy website. But now, there's hope. Introducing Human Element. Huel has helped hundreds suffering from CCW to turn their online stores around, creating fast, secure, and engaging online experiences that turn visitors into customers and put products back at the top of their search engine game. Before Huel, I had abandoned carts, browser errors, and poorly animated GIFs. Now, with Huel, I can focus on what I'm actually good at, running my business. Jeffrey, would you be a deer and pull the Ferrari around? Side effects may include increased traffic, customer conversions, better ROI, compliments, elation, and early retirement. Why live with the disappointment of chronic crappy website disorder? Speak to your human element consultant today to see if Huel is right for you.
1: In southeastern Michigan, the yearly cost for a nursing home averages approximately 100000 It doesn't have to, though. Reed McCarthy founded Ann Arbor Elder Law after handling a tricky situation for his own family. Years of experience later, his boutique firm works with clients across southeast Michigan dealing with Medicaid planning, long-term care, and tax, disability, and family law, not to mention family dynamics. If you have a family member who may need that level of care, or if you're ready to start your own estate plan, Reed can give you a plan for the future. Visit AnnArborElderLaw.com or call 734-945-9693. That's 734-945-9693.
8: Hey, fellow Michigan fans, this is Matt Demarest, Realtor and Lender. For a decade now, you've heard me on the podcast talk about mortgages, and I've helped hundreds of fellow Michigan fans in that capacity, including Brian and Seth. But many of you don't know I'm a real estate broker as well. I promise to make buying, selling, or financing homes simple and cost-effective anywhere in the state of Michigan. Whether you're upsizing, downsizing, buying a vacation home, or building a real estate investment portfolio, send me a text or give me a call. It's never too early to make a plan, and the call is always free. My number is 734-882-8194. Again, 734-882-8194. Or you can find me online at RealtorAndLender.com. That's RealtorAndLender.com. Whether you want to buy, sell, or finance a home, or even all three, I promise to provide the experience so many of you have come to expect over the years. And as always, thank you, and go blue. NMLS 1011726, Equal Housing Lender.
1: justcoverblog.com. How are you doing, Jamie?
7: I'm doing well, guys. Let me see if I can quickly recap the weekend that was in the Big Ten and a few bullet points. Iowa gained over 400 total yards of offense. What? Unbelievable, right? How about this? Purdue... Wait, wait, all season? No, no, in one game, four oh. quarters worth. <laughs> um, Purdue had two 100-yard rushers yesterday. Um, Illinois had a 500-yard passer. Wisconsin, Nebraska, and Penn State all in one form or another, were booed off their home fields. And during the Michigan State-Ohio State game, there were no pictures of Hitler on a scoreboard. And I know that game took place in Ohio State, but that really doesn't decrease <laughs> the percentage <laughs> that a fascist dictator is going to show up on, on the scoreboard at any point. Yeah. So. so It's either Ooh. Hitler
1: or Woody Hayes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're going to start off with Maryland 13, Nebraska 10. I think all you need to know about this game is that Jeff Sims played, oh. uh, and three different quarterbacks from Nebraska throw interceptions. They yep. throw four interceptions in this game. Uh, Maryland actually significantly outgains Nebraska, 382-269, to 269, but requires a last-second field goal to actually get the points to win. Tunga-Vailoa, 27-40 for 283 yards, one touchdown, one interception. This box score looks extremely lopsided, so how the heck was this a three-point game, Jamie? Well, Maryland's biggest problem, uh,
7: one of them rather, is penalties. They are towards the bottom of the country in penalty yards per game. They don't commit a lot of penalties, but the ones they do count a lot. And they had 92 yards in penalties yesterday. They put themselves in a lot of first and 20s after they got some good drives going, and they extended some Nebraska drives with some penalties as well. And also, they had three turnovers on their own accord. It wasn't always just a turnover fest from Nebraska. There were 20 total possession, or 21 total possessions in this game, and there were eight turnovers and three turnover on downs, and those three turnover and downs were all by Maryland as well.
1: Yeah, it's really impressive to score 13 points when you have completions for 53 and 43 yards. Yeah. That's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it really is. They're they're three receiver, or
7: they four pass catching targets. Uh, Jones, Felton, Prather, and Duchess. They're in the top eleven in the Big Ten in catches, and they're in the top twenty. All of them in receiving yards per game, and they had nineteen combined catches for two hundred and thirty eight yards. You would think that they'd have uh, you know twenty eight or thirty one points just with that kind of production alone.
1: Yeah, so Maryland is bowl eligible. They shake November. Maryland takes. Slightly. slightly slightly and michigan uh, slightly there were, there were a few things that i didn't slightly
2: like slightly no no not even slightly it's like i think nebraska lost this game Maryland no didn't but, win it. Yeah, they did <laughs> i
7: mean they
1: put up almost 400 yards
2: there. they were going to lose it and then nebraska committed like a pass interference well, at the I end mean, and gave uh, up a third and 11 know, and like and nebraska is so injured they didn't too. give up
1: 54 points you know all right. And it's true. Maryland didn't happen. All right. It's true. Uh, some of
7: the things I didn't like for Maryland, they had a 32% rate rushing the football. Min- success rate. Success mean. rate rushing the football, yeah. And minus .38 EPA per rush. Uh, so that was kind of ugly. And they have a pretty lethal screen game. But they only gained 21 yards on eight screen pass attempts yesterday. So Nebraska was all over that stuff.
1: So uh, I expect Michigan's game against Maryland next week to be lumpy. Lumpy, lumpy, lumpy. Because this is always what happens the week before the Michigan Ohio State mm. game is that both Michigan and Ohio State play like butt. Mm-hmm. Like that was the case last year for both teams. Like, well, I mean, Ohio
2: State traditionally sends them their signs and says, "Like here, try this out."
1: <laughs> well, in any case, uh, so I'm expecting this game to not look like a clean blowout like most of Michigan's mm-hmm. games to date. Do you think it'll be closer? Or as close as
7: last year's Maryland-Michigan game. That was a pretty interesting contest
1: earlier in the season, obviously. I mean, that that game was close in the same way other games were close for Michigan. Is that they dominated the mm-hmm. first half. They didn't actually put that up on the scoreboard. And then that was a 14-point game where Maryland scored with, I don't know, like 30 seconds. They did. The That's corner. right. That's right. Good memory. So, yeah. I, I mean, maybe. Like, I don't expect Michigan to be in a game against this team. They're just too good. Yeah. But we, uh, what we are going to get to do is we're going to get to see more evidence of where Michigan secondary is at. Yes, mm-hmm.
7: yes, this will be a really good dry run for the Ohio State game. Yeah,
1: and then uh, you know the Maryland defense has not been uh, good against teams that aren't just handing yeah. them the ball for free. Mm-hmm. I think the passing game is going to have a lot to say about the game
7: on Saturday right. as opposed to yesterday.
1: I, mean, I think I think they're all going to have good games. So I mean I I do think that Michigan will be pretty buttoned up. I don't expect mccarthy to throw the ball i mean to run the ball once yeah, yeah no, totally like i I just don't see that happening so i think michigan's going to be in second gear which will be enough to kind of separate from maryland probably by the early I mean, third quarter but the
2: difference think. between this maryland team and like maybe more dangerous versions that we've seen is i don't like their secondary as much as i have in the past they used to have some guys back there and yeah. they're breaking in a couple new safeties. They don't know what they're doing. They still cannot, like, fix that one linebacker spot. They got one good linebacker and one guy who's just, like, they keep putting him back in because everyone else they try is not working.
7: Yeah. I mean, their defense struggled for the better part of the last month until this game against Nebraska. Right. And, I mean, you know, Nebraska is basically playing with their second and a half string offense at this point.
2: Yeah. And Jeff Sims <laughs> gives them yeah. two interceptions. And, and a lost fumble by And, a, yeah. fumble. and a fumble. That is incredible. This I mean, guy is just – this happened at Georgia Tech too. I don't know why Rule thought he could fix this.
7: Yeah, it's, it's it's rather stunning. And and the interceptions yesterday by all of them were terrible. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Heinrich threw two interceptions on the first drive, but one was negated by penalty. And we got the weekly Rule Harburg conversation right off the bat, right, which was incredible. I don't know what he was trying to explain to him, like which red and white team is yours. And then they said <laughs> he kind of got an ankle injury and they dinged him. But I really think he, I really think he pulled him. Yeah. And then he got about a quarter and a half solid play out of Sims, and then. He drops, the, he drops a fumble. He overthrows a receiver and then they for, for, an, for another wide-open interception. And then they put Chuba Purdy in for their final drive of the mm-hmm. game. And one, he Purdy it. is going to need groin surgery after the season ends. That's how banged up he is. And they still threw him in the game and ran him. Like he had a 10-yard play around the end to get the drive started. Uh, big run from Emmett Johnson. They get down – to first and goal at the five 24 yard pass
2: as well yeah
7: yeah, yeah. So they get down to first and goal in the five and they try throwing it a couple times mm-hmm. and one of them he just under throws into into traffic it's an easy pick and then that's the possession maryland gets to pick their way down the field for their game winning field goal <sighs> <sighs> I yeah i mean they have nebraska's turned it over on 28.1 percent of their possessions against power five opponents it's sure. it's
1: it's it's, <laughs> it's a year zero right like yeah they, they just need to like reboot, and get some competence up in there. They've really I, done good things with their defense. I think yeah. you know it's it'll come for them. Yeah. I have
2: lost confidence in Rule based off of um, the the whining about the signs is is a lot. No, I don't. Care. And then the the
1: way that he wants to stick with Sims. No, he didn't want to stick with Sims, but his other quarterback options were equally yeah, horrible. Harburg, yeah. I think he just reached kind of the end like, of the road with Harburg. Uh,
7: That's he, definitely something he's going to have to do in the off season. They might have to hit the portal for but quarterback. <laughs> <But> yeah, right. <laughs> but he's he's right. a guy
1: who has a history of finding actual quarterbacks. Okay. And so I think he'll be fine. And I think the defensive turnaround they've shown is pretty pretty legit and it's a yeah. young defense too. All right, moving on to the game of the week. Uh, Points division, 48 for Illinois, 45 for Indiana. Remember, this is the Indiana team that had Ohio State's offense on the ropes in the opener. Something has gone terribly wrong. Illinois, 662 yards, 9.3 a pop. Indiana, 451 yards. Uh, The backup quarterback for Illinois, Paddock. John Paddock. John Paddock, 24-36, 507 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. Isaiah Williams brings in nine of his 15 targets for 200 yards. And Illinois also has uh, a running back, Reginald Love III. <laughs> Reggie nope. Love. We've seen him before. He's not, he's not an unknown running back. Well, but, you know, he's 24 for 140. So just a complete debacle from the Indiana defense. Brendan Sorsby, 22-33 for 289, three touchdowns, one interception. They don't really have much going on the ground, except Sorsby does get 53 yards on 17 uh, attempts. Donovan McCulley, uh, 11 catches on 12 targets, a buck 37 through the air, a 41-yard touchdown. He looks like a guy who would be nice to poach next year.
7: Yeah, would be. Indiana was down there, top two receivers, but... Unfortunately I can't say they were down their top two defensive backs. They were fully healthy back there. Just to wrap up that individual box score, Illinois also had a second receiver, Pat Bryant, who went for 131 yards, and then Casey Washington, a third
1: receiver, ended up with ninety nine. So what this is this was like a good defense paired with an awful offense, and then they went like freaky Friday on us. What was I don't understand what happened here.
7: I mean I don't really either. I mean Paddock just kinda kinda got on a roll. I mean 8 of 10 possessions by both of these teams ended up in scores in the first half. I mean, I just think that maybe in this game they set the somebody put the setting on 210 2010 Michigan Illinois game and just let it roll. I don't know. I mean, they've the had safety their defense, issues all year.
2: They've had safety issues all year. The reason their defense has been so good, Indiana's defense has been good in big games is because Tom Allen knows how to plan for that. He's always got something funky mm. for us. He's really good at using those linebacker blitzes and having them come where you and when you, when he goes up against Illinois, this, this happens to him. This has happened to him in the past where, like, they yeah. don't play not, an every-down defense.
1: They not, play a let-me-get-you defense. Not 662 yards to the backup quarterback, though. Yeah. I mean, this was a, this was. Free I mean, I'm not ex- left and
7: right.
2: I'm not explaining the whole thing, but I'm saying that he, he the guy who is, you know, making things hard on Michigan and Ohio State
1: is not putting that game plan together for Illinois. Isn't that backwards? Why? Like he's not going to beat Michigan or Ohio State, but he could very well beat Illinois. Have you ever met a football coach?
2: They, like, they believe that they're going to go and beat – that's what the, Tom Allen does. He's like I'm a super hype man. He's like, I'm going to go – I think and,
1: this like, is a bad explanation.
2: Get excited over – you know, because being tied with Michigan at halftime. There's no
1: level of bad game plan that a reasonably competent defensive coach can mm-hmm. put no, out ex- there that explains this. I'm explaining the first 350 yards. I
2: can't tell okay. you what happened with the rest.
7: Yeah, I, don't, I, I can't really explain what happened way back in the Ohio State game, but maybe the difference between Indiana against Penn State and Indiana against Illinois is that Penn State's offense is a lot worse than Illinois'. <laughs> 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 I mean, I mean, it, it, might, it might be. I don't know. This game was also just like – very emotional, like
2: they were spitting on each other. I, <sighs> and there were so many. Wait, what? There
7: was thing. a spitting ejection. Yes, there was a spitting Henderson, ejection. Uh, Tavon Henderson from uh, Illinois got ejected for spitting.
1: <laughs> that, that actually helped. Indiana yeah. was down two scores were, late in this game, and that that
7: helped yeah. spur the comeback. They were getting that first. So down there.
1: mad about Jim Harbaugh that they're like, this team plays in the Big yeah. Ten East. Let's spit on them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the Hoosiers ended
7: up with a fifty-one percent success rate. But Illinois was 62%. And I'm wondering, is this going to be the first time in uh, Parker Fleming's, uh, did, we get, did we really get beat that bad? Is it going to be the first time somebody has over 50% showing up on that list? Oh, no. That's going to be a weird-looking spot on that craft. Yeah. <laughs> I,
2: I wanted I wanted to pull the Bielema quote because he's, he's always good for a it's-not-my-fault quote after a game. A lot of the chippiness goes back to last year when we played Indiana at their place, Bielema said. Our locker room was 100 degrees, and there were a lot of other rinky-dink things they did to us. This was a nice rivalry game. Hmm. Well, we're talking they, about Indiana yeah. versus
7: Illinois. Well, one, they really dislike each other in basketball. So maybe that, you know. Some, but, but remember, that game against Indiana last year when they, they lost the opener, and they got kind of screwed by the refs. So I'm sure Belima has been sitting on that uh, outcome.
2: Belima you know, has. All time. Belima is like the, he, he's always aggrieved. He has the biggest yeah. aggrievement file of anybody on oh, the yeah. planet.
1: You remember yeah. when he was at Arkansas and Wisconsin lost the game and his wife tweeted, tweeted out karma? karma. Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: like, what? You
1: left we- you left them. Well, whatever. Yeah,
7: Yeah. The other thing I want to mention about this game is I want to complain for the second time in recent weeks that Tom Allen is turtling with the game on the line. If you remember... The turnover they got in that Penn State game really late. They were they were down a field goal. They mm-hmm. they started the ball started the possession basically in the red zone. You know, and they just played for the game tying field goal. They get the ball to start in overtime and, and you know, we talked about Illinois' offensive numbers, but Indiana's numbers were really good all game long and they just ran, 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 kicked a field goal. I mean, Paddock has five hundred yards passing against you. Do you really think a field goal is going to win <laughs> that game? you know, I just it just was just bothers me, and they had poor clock management too at the end of the first half. Gave Illinois thirty extra seconds. Illinois scores a touchdown with eight seconds to go in the half. So, you know, I don't know. I'm pretty frustrated with Tom Allen. You know, you, you ask, how does this happen? Where they play so poorly against bad teams? I, I mean, I just think that I just don't think they're a poorly. I don't think they're a well coached team overall, start to finish. And kind of what Seth said, they can show up for these big games. And you know, remember this year Maryland has taken them to task. Rutgers offense took them to task, mm-hmm. but Ohio State, they stay in the ball game. Penn State, they stay in the ball game. Is it's, this it for him? You think? It might be. You know. You know they don't really care that much about football, um, but the buyout isn't that big. I'd like to see it change. You know, I would.
1: I mean, the buyout's not that big, and this is a pretty good year to get in because yeah. there's not a whole lot of other jobs open. It's probably going to be the only job open in the Big
7: Ten, right? Well, there's Michigan State. Oh, right, right, yeah. right. They're Which, probably I mean, not probably gonna going to be going after the same candidates.
2: Yeah, though. Michigan State's going to be in a higher tier. Michigan State's not a plum job, but it's a higher tier than no. You yeah. Yeah.
1: What I'm saying is that there's you know if you want like the hot coordinator, you can probably get him.
2: Yeah. I mean, Sharon's not leaving for Indiana. No, Sharon's not leaving no. for Indiana, but, yeah. you
1: know, there's someone else out there. That, oh,
2: did you see the quote? Somebody put a quote out there like, nobody in the Big Ten is
1: hiring anyone off of Harbaugh's staff. Oh, yeah, like, that was Matt Fortuna, who's really, <laughs> really rising up the take merchant. Yeah, he's on a roll right now. I'm pretty sure boosters
7: at tons of schools yesterday saw that Sharon Moore postgame interview and was like, I wouldn't mind like, that guy. Oh, he my swears team. on TV. I mean, yeah, this guy's I mean, not head coach I material. I'm like, I think that's attractive to to people. I, I, to be honest, right, let's,
1: let's move on. Uh, Iowa twenty-two, Rutgers zero. A slow motion blowout. It's three to nothing at halftime. Slow motion, <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> and you are just like, okay, it's another Iowa game. You get a, it's six nothing entering the fourth quarter, and then you get uh, another set of point scoring objects. For Iowa, and by the end of this game, the Iowa offense has 402 yards, Rutgers a buck 27. Man, it's like the guys who are complaining the most about the signs seem to be coming up with the short end of the stick here. So just a complete domination by the Iowa defense. Uh, Wimsett, 7 of 18, 93 yards and a pick. Menangai, 13 attempts, 39 yards. You know. In terms of what Michigan is, is looking at, like this feels like a good result because you saw what Ohio State did against Rutgers versus what Iowa did against oh, Rutgers. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't it just doesn't feel like any of these games that Ohio State is playing really look like They're super threatening to Michigan, except in the cases of teams where secondaries just get overwhelmed by Marvin Harrison, which probably isn't going to happen to Michigan. Mm It's a little early to
7: segue to the Wisconsin game, but I hear what you're saying. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I mean, you said it, slow-motion blowout. That's a real good way to put it. Rutgers was sub-5th percentile in EPA play, yards per play, EPA per rush and pass. Iowa had two field goals, two touchdowns in the second half, and then they kneeled it at the five to close out – the game, they were threatening to go over 27.5 right there.
1: Because that was the over-under on this game, yes. which is the lowest over-under in the history of intercollegiate football. Oh, God! Yeah, they've,
7: the previous two weeks, they've opened a total at like 28.5, 29.5, and, and it's popped up into the low 30s. This one just stayed at 27.5 all, uh, all week. That and was and, incredible. And 22 is the result. Yeah. I mean, the Rutgers is...
1: I'm not going to go into that. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, I think that there is something in some of these Iowa games, either one way or the other. So, the inverse of this happened when Penn State played Iowa. Mm-hmm. And it was a close game until it was a two score game. Mm-hmm. And was, then that defense just checked out. We're, like, yeah, we're yeah. not winning this game and it snowballed from there. And that's what happened oh, yeah. to, to Rutgers. So, you know, I feel like when you were in this game, a game where your offense has got like sixty yards of offense, and the other team's up, you know, ten, fourteen points. It's mm-hmm. just all the stuffing goes out of you.
7: Oh yeah, I was, yeah. I mean, when this when this game twelve nothing, it just they were going, they were deciding whether or not to go for a two or not. And I was like, it's over. It's it's two scores at right, this point. Yeah, they, yeah. they, they could they could you know do it. They could just kneel at that extra point, and it would have been it would have been over. Um, yeah, Rutgers had ten yards in the whole second half. It's just this was the, the worst I was
2: trying to get at earlier. It's a very bad matchup for the way that Rutgers plays When Rutgers likes to attack you. I was the worst team because Rutgers is going to make mistakes. They're Rutgers. Mm-hmm. But they're also going to have a couple plays. They have a couple athletes. They're going to do a couple things. And the other thing is the one thing that they're not good at on defense, that they're just awful at defense, is maintaining the edge. Mm-hmm. And the only thing – that Iowa does well is attack the edge. They have rollouts yeah. where they pitch it to the tight end or they run zone and they, they run off the edge. And, like, you know, I, Brian and I were going back and forth on Aaron Lewis is like, a little you know, minor subplot in the from the preseason on. And, Brian, you win. Aaron Lewis is just
1: not a good edge rusher <laughs> defender. Well, I mean, he's a good pass rusher. Yeah. But, you know, there you go. Yeah. Yeah,
7: yeah. this was just uh, kind of a – Frustrating game. You mentioned it before I got on that you were cheering for Iowa. I was too because I wanted to see somebody else win.
1: I was cheering for Rutgers. Big,
7: I'm sorry, Breckers, right, right. Uh, I was too because I wanted to see somebody else win the Big Ten West. And while this was playing out, two of the likely contenders, Minnesota and Wisconsin, had were, were having dismal efforts. And you could just watch as the fourth quarters were playing out in both these games. I was like, wow, Iowa is, is – is, is, they basically have a two-game lead over everybody else with two to play. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, no, it, the team they play next, Illinois, actually has the best chance at pulling this out away from Iowa if they beat the Hawkeyes. It's over, I know, I know. But if they beat the Hawkeyes, they can win, and Iowa could lose in the you know, they, but, they
2: could Iowa. You know. There's actually a path for Iowa to win um, at eight and four. So they could win, lose the next two. Where games. Where are they right now? Oh, oh losing
7: both. Losing
2: both oh, yeah, the next two games. They can. They, <laughs> which is what I predicted when they and everyone's like, "Oh, Iowa could go eleven and one and win the Big Ten West." And I was like, "They can go eight and four and win the Big Ten West." And I don't, I'm segueing again to Wisconsin Northwestern because that was the that All was right. the key game that had to happen. Well, let's well, let's go to right to it, to it then.
1: <laughs> Your favorite coach, Luke Fickle. Northwestern twenty four, Wisconsin ten. Oh uh, yeah, that's- Northwestern <laughs> is five and five. Yeah, they With are, Purdue and Illinois up next. They are a win away from bowl eligibility, and this wasn't. I mean, it wasn't a game that. Wisconsin obviously should have won. Uh, yardage was three forty-one to Wisconsin to three twenty-four for Northwestern, and Tanner Mordecai actually returns in this mm-hmm. game, mm-hmm. so they can't run the ball at all. They still Braylon Allen gets three carries. This Yakamelli guy gets nine carries, and they are so far away from what God want what God wants Wisconsin football <laughs> to be. Yeah, that they have been punished. So when Mordecai throws forty-five times and your running backs combine for uh, 16 carries, Wisconsin, you don't get to win a football game. No. Now, we learn nothing from Bill Callahan. Right, exactly. Like,
7: Is there an estate somewhere in rural Wisconsin where Lord Alvarez is sitting by a fire and a withering Bo Ryan comes up to him and says, my lord, you can still be head Luke Fickle and <laughs> reinstall yourself. There's time to save the season. But, uh, yeah, they're 100th Wisconsin is in past success rate, and they're 103rd in EPA per dropback. yet Yesterday was the third game in a row and fifth time this year that they have had negative EPA per dropback and have thrown the ball at least 63% of the time. A.J. Henning had
2: more runs than Braylon Allen in this game.
7: <sighs> yeah, they did some wildcat action, A.J. Yeah. Henning. Yeah, but Henning had a great catch. That's what I was going to say. That buries the lead with A.J. Yeah. He had three <laughs> catches for 71 yards, and all three of them were very consequential. He had the game's opening touchdown where they just forgot to guard him. They, they stacked one side, and all the Wisconsin players went with everybody who went in, and A.J. was like, hey, hey, I'm right here. I'm open. And then he caught a sweet out pattern um, that uh, converted a third down on a drive that they scored a touchdown on. And then I think the catch you were going to bring up yeah. against Hunter Wohler, mm-hmm. the most physical badger defensive back, <laughs> and he catches it while he's all over him with, like, one hand, right? Yeah. For a 41-yarder, yeah, and, that, and that, igni- that ignites a field goal drive. Yeah. Yeah. Merthluster well, scored all four times they had the ball in the first half. He was Michigan's best receiver
2: yesterday. So they
1: scored... <laughs> over Charles Jackson. <laughs> they, they scored all four times they had the ball in the first half. They take a 24-3 to lead, mm-hmm. and... Wisconsin scores are touchdown with three seconds left. Yep, yeah. So this was not even as close as the final score would indicate.
7: No, I, mean, I think one of the worst things you can say about Wisconsin in this game is to rattle off Northwestern's second-half drives. <laughs> they had four three-and-outs, and they had one eight-play, 26-yard drive that got them up to their own 34-yard line. Wisconsin never threatened the 21-point lead, despite no offense from Northwestern in the second half. They never threatened. It wasn't a situation where they kept getting down into the – you know, down in the low red zone and turning it over on downs. They just, the only drive they had in the second half was the one you just pointed out. Well, I just, you you come into this program that has a very established
1: identity. Maybe more so than any other country or any other team in the country, right? Yeah, other than like a service academy. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and you decide that we're just going to dump everything that makes Wisconsin Wisconsin's offense Wisconsin football. Yeah. And to me, that's something that you might do eventually. Mm-hmm. Like you have all of these offensive linemen, you have all these running backs, and you're bringing in a quarterback from SMU, and you're going air raid, and I'm just like, of course it doesn't work. Yeah. Like y- y- you're you have a roster, and you're ignoring the roster, and you know it's not like Wisconsin was c- cratering out when they fired Paul Chris. No, they and weren't. Yeah. They were. They weren't what Wisconsin expects their football team to be, but neither were they. I mean they have Braylon Allen on this team. Yeah. 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 And he's hurt. I understand that. And Ches Malusi's also hurt, so it gets a little bit yeah. more difficult. But this isn't the first time we're talking about this. No. You shouldn't It's not the only running backs I have on the team. And like the the it's
2: you cannot change a culture that embedded and that successful
1: overnight and have
2: yeah. everybody buy in.
1: Nor should you try to. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, he's trying to replicate his program at Cincinnati, which is fine. It was a very successful program, but he should be trying to replicate <clears throat> his you know, he was Jim Trussell's heir apparent. Yeah. Like, that's
2: that's the program he should be.
7: Well, the thing thing is, at Cincinnati, he did not forget to run the football. And Phil Longo at North Carolina did not forget to run the football. And they yeah. seem to constantly forget mm-hmm. to run the football here in their first year in, in Madison. And And I guess it's just, when you get in the red zone, you don't have to throw three straight times. You know, you don't have to throw every third and three. Yesterday, in the first half, they got... Uh, into the ten yard line, and they threw it on third and three and fourth and three. You know, it's like, how about running it twice? I yeah, mean, like, I, I,
1: I think I need to get a first and goal at the two. You feel like you're you're this guy. This team's coached by Ryan Day too. It's like, yeah, yeah. What are you I, doing? I yeah. I I get the sense that like the the lights getting a little
2: too bright for him there. It's just he gets because he get you get down be. early to Northwestern and then. Just, you know, a bad coach starts throwing and acting like he's behind instead of having, like, I got three quarters left. I can yeah. come I back. Mean, and well, they're down. Plus, they're
7: also behind a ton. They fell behind against Illinois. They fell behind in this game. They fell behind against Washington Washington State. They, they seem poorly coached during the week as well. Yeah.
1: Do you think... What do you think Jim Leonard's doing during these games? I don't know. <laughs> Turning the lights down. I know though.
7: what he did yesterday. He was, his, he was watching his team's quarterback throw for 500 Tell,
1: yards yesterday. Yeah, Tell
7: his wife not to tweak karma. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do, do want to give some uh, flowers to Northwestern with some of these stats here before we switch games. Three Big Ten wins this year. Only two combined in the last two years. Yesterday, they broke a 14-game Power 5 road losing streak, and uh, Braun... Five wins so far in his first year and counting. First Northwestern coach to win at least five games in his first year since 1905. Oh, maybe he'll and, and let And I'm wondering, <laughs> you know what? There might be more than one perfect coach for a Northwestern. Well, <laughs> I mean, that, that's what we've always said for the last 15 years. That Fitz is the only guy who can coach this team, who yeah. can coach this program. And Braun, who is new to the program, right? He was not with this team last year. He was hired this offseason. season. He, you know, some hiccups early in the year, they looked awful in September, but they've looked really competent in a lot of spots so far this year. He's got the job at this point, right? I think so. I think so. I mean,
2: Northwestern does not want to go out and play the field, so yeah.
7: I mean, Purdue and Illinois, their next two
1: games, they have a really good shot at seven and five. I have a really good shot at six and six. (laughs) <laughs> Think, have okay shot at seven and five okay all right that's fair I mean I, hey I'm with you you don't I mean, know how, you, gotta, you, you, gotta, you don't
2: know how to Big Ten West the, the, that's the, true the least, thing the, the least surprising thing is going to happen yes. is that Iowa's going to end up in the Big Ten Championship
7: the, the second a Big big. Big Ten Podcaster says a Big Ten West team might win their next two games. Go to the book and bet against that team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my final lasting lesson on the Big Ten West, everybody. You have a couple of weeks to, to fade yeah. every team I get excited about. But <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: before we're <laughs> just just always always plan on the Big Ten East team winning even even on the worst
1: matchup. Yeah. Speaking of surprising Big Ten West things, points. Oh my. More points. 49 for Purdue, 30 for Minnesota in another game where the winning team's cracks 600 yards. Yeah. 604 for Purdue, 407 for Minnesota. Hudson Card goes 17-25, 251 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Both of Purdue's main running backs easily crest yeah. 100 yards rushing on 17 and 15 carries respectively. Devin Mockabee has a 65-yard run. Uh Tyrone Tracy goes fifteen for a buck twenty-two, two touchdowns. And you know, Ethan Kalakmanis doesn't complete any of his passes, eighteen of forty-two, but they're all big ones for two hundred and ninety-two yards, three touchdowns, Jordan Newbin sixteen for eighty-nine. They don't really have the ability to stay with the suddenly explosive <laughs> <Yeah>. Purdue <laughs> boilermakers. Yeah, how about that?
7: Um <laughs> What? Minnesota's defense just continues to crater. I mean, they previous two years, they've only given up more than 30 points twice, once to Ohio State, once to Penn State, and then only more than 20 points three times. Well, just in the last eight games, they've given up more than 30 points four times and more than 24 points Twice, two other times. So,
2: yeah. my, uh, my theory on this game is that Purdue had a lot more planned for the Michigan game in case there was a game. And, like, <laughs> they get down by so much, they like, yeah, we'll save that for Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> there's, again,
1: there is no game plan on earth that is going to get Purdue like that kind of rushing performance. This right. is just an incredible game for for
7: Purdue. They took a 21-13 lead in the middle of the second quarter, and the Gophers were never closer Uh, to eight points after that. They spent most of the second half down 14 or 15 points. Uh, At one point, P.J. Fleck was down 42 to 20 with 10 minutes to go and kicked a field goal. That was surrendering the boat right there. But I think that that's the storyline here. I mean, yes, Purdue's offense, that's great. But I, I just think... Minnesota's defense. I mean, this was one of the best units in the conference under Joe Rossi the last couple of years, and they have I mean,
1: totally imploded the last two months. They've, they've played over their heads, but there's all that stuff in SP Plus where it's like, oh yeah, Minnesota has the eighth best defense yeah. in America, and really it's just they just played Big Ten West teams.
7: Right. Kind of yeah. like the mid-majors ginning the RPI back in the yeah. day. Yeah. yeah. Well, that makes sense, and that's very fair, but they're also still playing Big Ten West teams, <laughs> and they're, they're giving up a lot of points to Illinois and that's a lot of true. points to Purdue and and they're letting Wisconsin the team that we've just that we just decimated in the last section get off the mat and score 21 fourth quarter points. No. It, 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 it has not been it's not been good on that side of the ball. They've lost uh, they lost some transfers and I think those are coming that's coming back to bite them.
1: Yep, uh, final game of the week is Ohio State 38 Michigan State 3. I mean, this just looks like a Michigan State team that is packing it in. And but, the best thing for Michigan State right now is to have Ohio State feel Confident about the Michigan game, yeah, because yeah. that's the biggest win left in Michigan State's season. Yeah, uh,
2: they absolutely. I, I the amount of Michigan State people who are tweeting about Michigan during their own game and have no, they're not even the, the yes. game's not even on. Yes, they're just talking about signs like the the Big Ten is there somehow. And Alan Haller decided that
1: this is the only win that he can get against Michigan this year. I do want to shout out Andrew Schorfhaar who got in the game and threw a pass, it was complete for negative four yards.
7: Ooh, not good, Michigan State.
1: Yeah, I mean,
7: they actually got into Ohio State territory on each of their first five drives and on five of their first nine, but they didn't get closer than Ohio State's 37-yard line. So, you know, I don't even know what they were trying to do. They tried to kick a 56-yard field goal on their first drive of the game as if they thought they were going to field goal that game into existence, but... You know, I don't know. I think the biggest storyline in Ohio State uh, world today is everybody down where I'm from is comparing the Michigan-Penn State and the Ohio State-Penn State games. And I come here to tell you guys that they are all extremely confident that the Penn State games show how much better Ohio State is than, uh, than michigan yeah Michigan. They they, they 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 take were, it as a weakness this. that Michigan had to run the ball the whole time in this. the second quarter. You can't run the ball on us every down in the second in the second half is basically their their mindset and we have Marvin Harrison and now we're going to obviously win the game. It's the most confident Ohio State fans have been about this game all year. It should be noted that uh, Tommy
1: Eichenberg and Josh Proctor did not play in this game. Nor did Ransom. Well, Ransom is probably done for the year. Yeah, they've Mm -hmm. gone from hopeful to saying this is a long-term injury. (laughs) So Eichenberger, Proctor are week to week, so I would not expect to see them next week. They will probably be questionable for Michigan, but obviously they will play if it's at all possible. Yeah, yeah.
7: I I did not uh, give a second look to some of those uh, uh, injuries that they had on defense. I figured some of those guys would be back. They had all their horses on offense, though, for the first time in a a few weeks. But, I mean, you can't really take marching up and down the field against Michigan State as a sign of anything. I mean, everybody's done that this year.
1: No. I mean, especially because this is like... Like, I honestly think that they're like, oh, we should lay down for this team. (laughs) (laughs) Because they're our buddies. Yeah, Yeah, because they're our pals. Yeah. (laughs) We're...
2: The enemy of my enemy is my I mean it's not like they they had a
1: chance in this game, so it's no. just like they don't have a head coach. They yeah. don't I mean this is just like, I mean they were an underdog by over thirty points. Yeah, they're just it playing was, out
7: the strength. I do think Ohio State's kind of found something in the run game, especially with counter and gap stuff. I mean they've been doing it for about three or four weeks, especially going back to that Wisconsin game. They did a lot of end around action with uh, mm-hmm. with you know orbit motion. Yeah. And then in the second half of that game they ran some counters with Henderson and then they also did some counter or a play action off that, and they had some deep shots that could be there against Michigan if Michigan's not careful, but they weren't there against Wisconsin. So, But yeah. they, they've, they've been – I know we're worried because we don't – Michigan does not uh, play run defense that well against the stretch, and that's what Ohio State does. But Ohio State's kind of gone into the lab and have changed their running game.
2: Yeah, they're not – they're, they're more of an inside zone team, and then they, uh, they run counter and stuff. Yeah, and they, well,
1: the, I mean, that's Ohio State didn't run stretch very well at all. That's right. the problem. Well,
2: they were running to the boundary every single time, well, too. And it was also very <laughs> right. predictable. So yeah. I think
1: they've self-scattered in that regard, and they'll probably be more effective than you would expect them to be based on their season numbers to date. Mm-hmm. It's funny how Ohio State keeps on him to change up what they do mid-season under Ryan Day. It
2: seems to be a constant theme. Like, here's what we're going to do this year. We're going to be the stretch team. And then mid-season they're like, we can't stretch. The we're stre- to do this. stretch
1: thing is just always what Day has wanted to Yeah, do. that's that's yeah. his favorite play, which running is, play. Which is deeply bizarre to me I can't I, at this point I cannot stand so stretch yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I, we know
7: we know the um, Heisman odds have radically shifted based on based on yesterday Heisman odds are so crazy to track because they're so whoever puts up the stats on that Saturday that just mm-hmm. seems to go, JJ is down to 90 to 1 at DraftKings to win the Heisman after yesterday and Marvin Harrison is 4 to 1 but Nixon Penix are still 1 and 2 but Marvin is
1: now number 3 on that board I mean that's crazy yeah because he has to beat Ohio State. He has to beat Michigan. Yeah. Like, there's that's the only way he can possibly win the Heisman. I agree. I agree. Like, the way Marvin Harrison Jr. wins the Heisman is he has, like, 200 yards receiving and a win over Michigan. Yeah. If anything else short of that is not going to happen. Yeah. And I felt a little bit like
7: yesterday, because it was a control, controlled scrimmage, that they were trying to get him Heisman numbers. That first touchdown, they had him on an end around, And all year, they either give that to Xavier Johnson or Rebecca. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, they give it to Marvin. And all of a sudden, his Heisman odds just, you know... Right, yeah, you know, go in one direction. So I kind of felt like they showcased him on purpose. Yeah, and they've, they've been doing that. They were doing that with Stroud last. Remember how he was playing in the
2: fourth quarter, Or blowouts all the time, and they were yeah. like going, "Hurry up to get him some more yards." Like yeah. that—that's part of the deal, right? You go to Ohio State, we're going to try to maximize your odds of winning the Heisman. Yeah, and
7: in and in Ryan Day's presser, the very first question asked to him was, "Hey, can Marvin pass?" And then Ryan Day went on a Heisman Trophy soliloquy. So they're definitely trying to trying to get him some hardware.
1: Well, you know, the interesting thing about the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry is it's a springboard to the Heisman if you win the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. only if you win the game. Yeah, only. Gosh. Did Eddie George win put- it in 1995,
7: though? Uh, I don't remember. I think he did, even though Biak rushed rushed him three yards to one the oh. whole game.
2: Yeah. <laughs> what do you think.
7: But I, didn't, I don't say that to counter what you say, because I think you're exactly right. I mean, you know, Hutchinson gets an invite and almost gets the award because of what he does – Two years ago, and 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 both in both years, Stroud's candidacy just washes away as a result.
1: So, yeah. I mean, it's when you have that huge rivalry game at the end of the year, everybody is watching.
7: Yeah, and yeah. and yeah, and if JJ goes like twenty for twenty-five for two seventy-five, all of a sudden ninety to one today is going to be three to one in yeah. fourteen days. So, if you really think JJ can do it, I would get in now. I mean, that's pretty crazy. But I, I don't, I, I don't think that's happening. As I don't far think as that's
1: happening. Game. I think yeah. it's going to be Jaden Daniels.
7: Really, you think? Yeah, he's just, He was awesome
1: last he's night. Putting or
7: yesterday. Up video game yeah. numbers like He had a DeNard Robinson
1: run yeah, yesterday. Well, he had like 300 yards passing and yeah. 200 yards rushing. Like he's really fun to watch, too. Yeah. And like if I hope we L- go get get him in the transfer portal. Like and if you're like it, he has two losses. It's not like Jaden Daniels. Has, Daniels has two losses. The LSU defense has yeah. two losses. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So like even though I if I had a Heisman vote, I would literally never vote for a quarterback. I can't be too mad if it's Jaden Daniels cuz he's been no. absolutely insane this year. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I'm surprised he's still alive. The way he, like yeah.
7: the hits he takes, he's <laughs> got to be made of jello or yeah. something. Yeah. Well, there Man. was a thought that he wasn't that he was maybe not available yesterday. And yeah. He, yeah. He he sucked. was available. Yeah, he was. Uh, Nick's and Penix, like I said, are still one-two, and they might have a showdown against each other. And if neither of them perform well, that could just like you just said, that Chaden and Danis could walk right in. <laughs> Do you know who they're all sleeping on? Dan Villari! <laughs> right! Wildcat quarterback for Syracuse yesterday! <laughs> he was he was also the leading passer, yeah. They put Dan Villari in and he actually like, you know. That's went and beat Pitt. Pitt and Narduzzi, they must be uh they must be horrible because they basically won the game and that was their strategy yesterday.
2: That yeah, was that was really fun. That was fun to watch, man.
1: Ballari oh what a one. Well, you know. There it goes. Alright, thanks Jamie, we'll talk to you next hey, time. Hey, no problem guys, it was fun.
2: Listen to the MGo Podcast. I'm Seth Fisher, along with Brian Cook and David Nashmanek. If you wanted to punish Michigan Petitti, you should have suspended frames.